Hindsight's twenty forty. <laughs> ah, that's what they say. Hey. hey. All right. Number 78? Is this really 78? I'm fixing my tongues. Fix their tongues. No, fixing my tongues. Your foot tongues? Yeah, my foot tongues. They're doing weird things without my permission. All right, we're good now. All right. Foot tongues are good. Can't have distracting foot tongues while we no, do pencast. Definitely not. Mm. I don't know what that sounds like out of context, but. Sounds good. Sounds weird in context, even. Yeah. All right, you ready? I am. Let's do it. Yes. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 78 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. And I'm Drew Brown. And we are here from the Goulet Pen Company to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we are going to be talking about adding shimmer to ink, which pens have the best sealing caps? Inking up pens with really cold ink, probably related to how cold it was last weekend. Uh, tips for introducing kids to fountain pens, especially other people's kids. So that could get weird. Uh, if the Goulet kids will ever take over the business one day. And we have a great pen hypothetical. We got plenty of banter in store as we talk about how cold it was this past weekend because we set some records here in North America, but we'll get to that in our fun fact. Anyway, let's kick it off this week with some feedback. Well, Brian, feeding back this week is me to them. Oh, because I some reverse feedback. I went into our feed forward, maybe. Feed forward, yes. <laughs> Feeding front. I don't know. Um, anyway, went into our podcast management system oh. uh, podcast the audio version and okay. noticed that last week's episode still said mp3 processing on it oh today oh so i had done everything i had done the chapters and all this stuff but Did just get hung up it just got hung up oh boy so i had to delete it redo everything so Whoops. it's up now but and no one said anything so i guess you were all just suffering in sadness just How staring they, and refreshing they your, say it would they email us like, they've emailed us before yeah, yeah okay. i've heard i've heard things right. when when things have gotten delayed so okay. sorry about that but episode 77 is up now we're all good um if i caused you any sadness or dismay hmm. um i i just want you to know that i feel i do feel that weight and that responsibility and it's yeah. going to affect my sleeping for the next few days so well, Hopefully that make you feel better. As well as should. Yeah, of course. Um, Carol W. <laughs> says, in reference to my made-up Ferris Wheel Press names from last week. Oh, yes. Uh, I can see Raindrop Parade as a pretty blue color with holographic shimmer, which would represent the sequence slash glitters of a parade. That yeah. would be so cool. Yeah. Got a couple good... Sounds like a legitimate Got a couple color. good ones. People were actually, like, <laughs> talking about the fake inks, like... Oh, no, I was actually picturing this. Oh, well, I was thinking this. Oh, yeah, actually, that is much better. I like that better. Like, really going deep into what they were imagining <laughs> these total nonsensical inks to be. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Raindrop Parade definitely seemed to be the uh, the most popular I can, one. I can with see that. Terrace Twilight taking that second my, place. I see that in my mind's eye. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Fierce Will Press uh, Raindrop Parade. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Neuralis says... It's back in reference to the pencast because we took a we week are off. back. Yeah, it was a dull cleaning session last weekend without the pencast. Oh, and to that, Brian and I also take responsibility, full responsibility, accountability, and emotional weight and gravity on any lackluster cleaning you may have performed, be it pen cleaning, mm. vacuuming the house, 
anything around that uh, you normally clean better with us. Mm. If things aren't looking too good, you can yeah. blame anybody else in your home on us. It was Brian and Drew's fault that this countertop doesn't look as sparkling as it normally does. So, again, I do think it's pretty interesting because this was feedback I remember getting a lot back when I did Q&A solo before doing the pencast thing. A lot of people made it into their like rhythm to clean, maintain their pens, whatever. Like as it was like the ritualistic part of listening to the pencast or at the time Q&A, but they would do it like while doing pen stuff. I'm really curious, like, is that what is that what a lot of people do? Is that what a lot of y'all do out there? Is you're like, you get into like pen mode and you like want to clean your pens or play with your pens, write with them, whatever, while you listen to the pencast. Because I, I, I personally will often, you know, I'll be cooking or doing dishes or something while I'm, I don't know, listening to an audiobook about leadership or productivity or I'm, you know, I'll be doing something that's not exactly related to the task at hand. You know, it's like while I'm woodworking, I'm not watching woodworking videos typically, though I have done that at times. Yeah. So I'm just kind of curious, like how often you pair pair together the the what you're listening to, you know, especially this pen cast while you're doing pen things. I don't know. Let us know. Yeah. And then this one is a bit lengthy, but it was too good not to mention. I just love this one so much. <laughs> I saw this. So we talked about feeds and whether or not uh-huh. feeds were as important as the nibs. And while yeah. the answer was, yeah, they are, sure. the other answer was, but still don't worry about them too much. So Jack had the best analogy. And if you know me, I basically can't live without analogies and explaining myself <laughs> through them and using them to feed well, my and brain. I, and I was trying to come up with some analogies, but I did not feel confident Jack about them. Jack killed it, ladies and all right, folks. All right, Jack. Here we go. Um, possible analogy for a feed from Jack. If you're eating a burger, the bun is the feed. The patty is the nib and the toppings are the ink. Jack goes on to explain the Mm. bun and the feed. Okay. So the bun slash feed is um, what you you just needed to do its job and make Mm. sure the entire thing is usable slash edible. You rarely buy a burger for the bread unless it's really something weird, like say an ebonite feed or an overfeed, right? Um, You'll notice if the bread is terrible, though, or if it can't support the patty or the toppings. Mm. Totally true. Like, you you notice a garbage feed if it's just, like, a complete, you know, useless piece of junk. Just like like if you get, you know, a nice huge burger on some, like, flimsy just Wonder Bread. Like that, Mm. no, that's garbage. Doesn't work. Um, But generally, a bun's a bun. Okay. And then the patty slash nib, the important part, the main event is what Jack says. Mm. This is where most of the experience will come from if... Any given restaurant, uh, in any given restaurant, there's usually a set number of patty options. Normal, quarter pound, double patty. Mm-hmm. If it's a specialist burger joint, maybe there's an impossible patty or an Angus patty or a buffalo patty. Generally, you'll find your preferred size slash option and stick with it. But you can swap it out for something crazy if it's available. Mm. Right? Perfect and, analogy. And much like nib sizes, I generally prefer my burgers to be large there, and, <laughs> there we go. and juicy. There we go. <laughs> and then finally, toppings slash ink. This enhances the experience and changes more often. Oh. You can make do with just sauce and cheese on most days, but sometimes you'll want bacon. If you're really going for it on a certain day, you could have blue cheese or crazy things like peanut butter or mac and cheese. However, all of the toppings in the world won't be able to mask a terrible patty. Hmm. That is so true. You could have the best ink in the world, but if your nib is just garbajo, like you're Hmm. still going to have a terrible time. Interesting. Burger analogy. I love it. Take it home. Jack is giving it to us all out of the kindness of his heart. Like that is just choice. I'm very happy with that analogy. Going to use it. What Jack has done is made me really hungry for a burger now. I had a smoothie for lunch. 
That's not a burger. Yeah. If I don't have anything to chew, I don't really feel like I ate anything. Oh, there we go. It's back. Yeah. Was that a... Was that not a callback from last episode? Remember when you said no, if you're not? No, I just said it right now. Oh, remember when you said you're, if you're not? I may have said it last. If you're not week, drinking, I... you're chewing. If you're not chewing, you're drinking. Oh, that was a whole thing about <laughs> the eggs. That was that was not a specific callback. I but love it. I could see it being in the yeah. same in the same thing. If you're not chewing, you're. That drinking. was one thing for whatever reason. I, our team that word. So here's here's a little here's a little inside baseball. So we record this pencast. We largely are not like talking a lot to our team about what we're talking about. They're kind of discovering it, just like you all are. Yeah. And we don't go back and watch this. We record this nonsense and then, yeah. you know, it's edited and we publish it. So our, our editor watches it and just make sure we're not. I mean, I talk to you guys ridiculous. about it in the comments, but. Yeah, but like we're not like sitting down with our team and watching it. So like most of it's nonsense. It's so long. We don't expect anybody to watch it. But we have certain <laughs> members of our team that like kind of watch it. So like everything, every now and then something will get around the office and be like, what are we all talking about with eggs in the pen cast? And I was like, oh, yeah, there was a thing about eggs. How did that come about again? And like everybody's asking us, I'm like, yeah, I don't really remember what we were talking about. Drinking the eggs and whether eggs yeah. are someone, liquid someone, or solid or I heard whatever. someone say, if Drew's <laughs> eggs are solid, he needs to reevaluate where he's getting his <laughs> eggs. eggs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I know they're not exactly. solid, but. No, that wasn't a callback, but it's yeah. funny how closely that was. Technically, the yolk is a liquid in a um, in a membrane. Oh, so, so what does that mean? Is a membrane It is. It is solid? actually, no, it is officially um. Is it like some other classification? Uh, yeah, thing? it is. It is um uh another, another state. Yeah, there's state a word for it. Oh, I forgot all what like multi-phase, I think is what the word is. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. It's a thing. This is like last night when I was so I worked a full day, went home, and then I was like prepping for the pen <laughs> oh, cast and still continuing to work at night. And then Ellie comes up to me. This is a tangent, but whatever. Ellie comes up to me and gives me this like order of operations type math equation. Oh, no. Like PEMDAS and all this kind of stuff. Rachel, of course, remembers all of it. And I don't even know what word out. you just used. It's like an acronym for, you know, parentheses, multiply, division, you know, whatever. So it's like she had all these things that were like multiplying, oh, adding, please, parentheses. Please excuse this, my dear Aunt Patty. All that, yeah. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. Okay. So Ellie just like goes up to me and she's like, here, do this. And I'm just like, uh, uh like I can't, I can't no, remember the last time no. I've done an order of operations in my head or whatever. But I was trying to humor her, and I came out with like you know, sixteen was my answer. And Rachel did it was like, no, nah, it's negative eleven. Like the, I did the order of operations very wrong, and I was like, yep, this is uh, this is on brand for both of us. You know, I, I would be worse, I'm sure. I was much better at math when I was younger, but I haven't done that type of math in a very long time. Not I. So anyway, total tangent, but yeah. All right, next anyway. feedback chunk is feedback for you, All right. <clears throat> for me. All right, this is from Mary Moy. Thank you for bringing back memories of Norm or Nom. Uh, This old house in New Yankee Workshop, I remember watching the shows every weekend with my father, who loves to dabble in woodworking. Norm is a true craftsman who takes tremendous care and pride in his work and remains humble. Loved his shows and love yours as well. Well, thank you. I also love his shows. And since we talked last week, they published another like updated video. I have not seen Norm Abram since he like stopped doing his show. He's obviously much older now, but... It was still like quasi scripted, very cheesy. And it was just like, oh, very heartwarming. There were a like, lot of positive comments about that. Yeah. It's got a lot of love. Um, but yeah, he was just, it was really good. Um, Robin Allen says, hello, Drew and Brian. Glad to see you back. Hope Rachel is recovering from il- her illness. She is doing much, much better. I uh, wanted to give you a shout out about the New Yankee Workshop in this old house. Here we go. Uh, my father was a lifelong woodworker and spent innumerable hours in his shop 
But when he was in the house, Norm's shows were his favorite entertainment. Even with all dad's knowledge, he loved picking up tips from Norm. Very worthwhile skills and television. Thanks for giving credit where it's due. I feel very much the same way. We know you do. Absolutely. And Faith Gray says, Brian, have you ever had a moment when you've jumped out of your chair and walked quickly down the hall calling out, this is it, or we got slash did it? I can see Drew showing this amount of enthusiasm and energy. (laughs) Yes, he does. But you seem more reserved. Hmm. Have you ever had one of these moments? You know, I I, I have have you ever observed me? I don't I have not witnessed this. I would not say that you would see me physically bounding down the hallway like you would Drew. Drew is frequently known to skip or prance maybe or, or bound leap. saunter bound yeah yeah I make, I make it a habit to skip down the halls at least once a week yeah you can often hear drew coming down the hallway mm-hmm. because you'll hear a, a rather inconsistent walking pattern <laughs> if you his voice isn't always a giveaway because when he's across the building he sounds like he's right outside your door yeah so that's not always a giveaway but you know you can usually hear what sounds like Someone who's running. All and right, let's not up make speed. this about me. Okay, this is about you. All right, when have you been so overcome with excitement? You have just been um, uncharacteristically giddy. I remember so even when we got Sailor back as a brand, you were still pretty reserved until you were allowed to not be. So yeah, you were yeah. pretty jazzed about that, but only when you allowed yourself to be jazzed about it. It yeah. wasn't. You were not overcome with excitement. I'm trying to think. Like, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm I would say compared to to, to you, I'm more reserved. <laughs> Sure, but that's like saying, <laughs> you know, c- compared to the moon, I'm not made of rocks. <laughs> you know, like, what does that really mean? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what kind of analogy that is. But, you know, it's like, you know. Compared to the moon, com- I'm not compared, made of rocks. Compared to an ant, I'm a large person, you know. Uh, I'm a very excitable human being, yeah. You are, but that's yeah. great. Like, I love that enthusiasm. Yeah, I couldn't stop I get if excited. I tried. I get excited, but I express it in different ways. I mean, I do... I do have enthusiasm, but you know, it's just it is more subdued. Well, you're you're you you have a greater degree of control over yourself than I do as well. Yeah, <laughs> there's probably, that. Probably. There's that factor as well. Probably. I, yeah. I don't tend to control things at all. Yeah, so, that's all right. Yeah. Sorry. Right. I genuinely get excited though, but yeah, I'm not like You don't lose it. I'm not like just openly giddy so much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll let you know if it happens. Yeah. I will report back and let you know Brian just totally just flipped his lid the other day because they announced that Norm Abrams is going to be in the new Fast and Furious. That'd be something. <laughs> build like a wooden car. I don't know. <laughs> just try to combine two things you like together. I don't know. I do like those things, but I don't know how they. I don't know how they mash up together. I don't. That would be an interesting combination. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. New stuff. Let's do it. Let's talk about some new stuff. All right. Let me let all my giddiness out. Talking about new stuff. Not really. (laughs) Um, No, we do have a couple new things. Finally, we have some new stuff coming in. Um, First off is the Visconti Homo Sapiens Lotus Garden. Now, Drew, I know you have some feelings about this pen, right? It's not like your favorite. It's not the best limited Homo sapiens design in my opinion. Sure. The, the colors it's very different than the some color. Of the I will I've say I'm the colors are not for me, but when you see it amidst its inspiration, like the yeah. actual lily pads and the sure. lotus flowers, 
it makes it sense. Makes sense. It makes sense. So yeah. I, I appreciate the inspiration. The color mm-hmm. combination is just a little like, mm, I'm, I'm a little unsure of it, but um, yeah. I don't know. It strikes it's, me. It's different. true to their source material. Yeah, it's a it's a different looking color combo than what I've seen on most other yeah. pens. So I like it if for nothing else, just for that. Like mm-hmm. it stands out amongst the Homo sapiens limited editions because a lot of them tend to be like in the range of blues and teals and stuff like that. Going like a much heavier green route is is pretty interesting. So um, I actually I ended up picking up one of these for myself because I can't help myself, and I now have. I think the Visconti, like the Homo sapiens limited editions have sort of fallen into the unintentional collection. Well, you know, what, for me, you know what we can do? You can just offload your Florentine Hills <sighs> so that it doesn't need. So it's not. That's a, true. It, Florentine Hills was a nice solid green, but that was, you don't, you a don't, long time you didn't ago. like it though. You should probably just get rid of Drew, it. <laughs> Drew loves the Florentine Hills. He tries to talk me out of it every now and then, but it doesn't work. Um, yeah. Nice pen. You know, it's, more expensive than your typical Homo sapiens. Yeah, it's up there. But I will say, have we have we published that video? I can't remember. We've shot so many Homo videos. Homo sapiens? No. Yeah, no, we haven't done it no. yet. Okay. Well, an, an updated Homo sapiens ah. video is coming. The last one we did was what, in 2015? It's a little out of date. It's an oldie. Um, and I don't specifically have Lotus Garden featured in this one, but what is cool is as I was talking about it, just re-remembering just how much larger of an incapacity you get with the double reservoir power filler than with the single. Which this is, the Lotus this Garden. This is a double, yeah. So all the limited edition deuce. is a double. It's like over three and a half milliliters. It's an obscene I think it's like, of ink it's they like can the hold. equivalent of like five or six uh, standard cartridges. I think, yeah, standard like international cartridge, a short one is typically like half half a milliliter or so. Half a, is that right? Half a milliliter. Yeah, half a milliliter. So it's like basically like a pack of cartridges a lot you're of ink. around with you. It's yeah, a ton. It's like a pack of cartridges, um, yeah. Plus it's all like demonstrator and you can see it sloshing around and stuff it's cool i'm very much into the homo sapiens le's but anyway go check it out if you're into the homo sapiens that is there and it's got the ruthenium trim which i'm a big fan of uh sailor pro gear slim velio mm-hmm. this is a pretty cool looking so it's uh blue green and pearl white this is a limited production pen which is kind of like a sailor specific term not a numbered pen more like what you would see i guess with a special edition in other brands, but they call it limited production. A little open-ended as to how long they'll be around. Yeah, so it's like they're making a certain number of them. We don't know how many or for how long, but when they sell out, they sell out. So don't know how long they'll be around, but they look pretty cool. Pretty unique for Sailor, the demonstrator with the swirls. That's not something you often see from them. Yeah, and from what I understand, part of the like cost and stuff like that with this one is it's not an injection mold. You have to. This is a cast yeah. resin that's got to be turned. And you can tell because it's got like that it almost looks like a ribbon yeah. kind of in there. And, and you know, funny enough, that is sort of how a lot of these, like this, this Conti uh, Homo sapiens, like limited editions, similar to those materials. Like if you remember the uh, uh, Crimson, Crimson, uh, Crimson Tide. Florentine Hills. Florentine Hills yeah. was like that. Yeah. Just keeps bringing it All up. right, London Fog, Brian. You can talk about your London, London Fog. London Fog was kind of like that there too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Crimson Tide was like that as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's got very distinct kind of a ribbony kind of a thing going on, um, which really looks good like the bigger the pen it is you know the more it shows it off so the fact that it is on a slim like this it has a very different kind of look to it so very cool you don't get a lot of these like super demonstratory uh kind of sailors especially with this kind of pattern to it so different technique they have to do to make them a little more involved that's part of where the cost comes from but anyway go check those out it's in the full range of nib options with sailor um and then we have the monteverde oh sorry the Velio. 
Is this the one that was like the the we we had something come up earlier this week about the size of it. So it's like we're trying to get some clarity from Sailor because it's not it's not quite as small of a slim. Like the cap is more like the size of a standard. I haven't got one in my hands yet. Uh, let me just verify because I'm pretty sure we were talking about this yesterday, but Sailor has so many pens. I just want to make sure that I'm thinking of the right thing. Okay, so this is the one. So beautiful looking pen, but it was a little weird because Sailor was advertising it as a pro gear, like a regular pro gear. But the nib is the size of what you have on the slim. Hmm. So it's the smaller size nib, but it's a 21 karat nib. Hmm. They've done that before on like a pen here and there. The body itself is closer to the, to the length of a slim, but it's a little fatter on the end, more like so it's a regular pro gear. The cap is almost the same size as a regular pro gear. So it's like this hybrid kind of a thing. Huh. So I don't really know what to call it. We have been talking to Sailor about like, is it more appropriate to call it a slim or more appropriate to call it a pro gear? We had originally called it a pro gear and we did actually launch it and sell a few pens that way. But, you know, we got some feedback from people. They're like, this isn't quite the thing. And then as we like really dove into it in more detail, we're like, yeah, this is kind of this like hybrid thing. So hmm. I don't know. I don't know whether it's a slim. It's more like a, I don't know, what's in between a slim and a regular. I was going to think of something clever, but it's coming to me. Venti. Yeah. It's like a, I was thinking more in like regular, regular fitness. It's got like a little tummy, a little love handle, you know, on it. It's not quite slim. It's not quite full size. Anyway. Ritma. I'm going to go that way. <laughs> Let's move on to the next pen. Uh, Mono Verde Ritma Orange. This is a limited something or other. It's their uh, pen of the year. Pen of the year. They usually do like a, you know, they did the olive one for Special one edition. year. Yeah. They, Special edition, they call it. Yeah, they do an annual yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, looks really good got dark trim it's got a nice anodized looking finish that nice like matte metal kind of a look like i know you, you see like that like an- anodized also. colors it just yeah it just like glows you said it in your lami video they just all the all colors always they look good all look good literally yeah. they all look good you know so lami is like they're all stars like just look at every color i don't disagree like the the arrow the, the diplomat, diplomat arrow, arrow. every I, color looks good yeah there's not a bad color yeah you can like like some colors more than others but for whatever reason, like this kind of matte anodized orange looks good on everything. The arrow, the orange arrow is popular too. It's really good. Yeah. So if you're into the Ritma at all, you know, they got a Yobo stainless steel number six nib on this thing. It's got the cap that like has that nice little mm-hmm. pop to it. So it's fun, you know, tinkerability factor to it, you know, fits full size converter and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, pretty cool. So go check those out. We got them for 40 bucks. Pretty decent for a $40 pen, got to say. Um, yeah. And that's all I got. You got some stuff. I do got some stuff. Uh, this isn't brand new this week, but uh, the previous week we came out with a new batch of Sailor Yuramiku inks. And uh, it's oh, a cool. very unique batch cool. like the previous one. We've got five new inks there. And they do the thing that the last batch did where they look different in different kind of modes. So when mm-hmm. you're writing with them, they might be bright blue, bright purple, something like that. And then when they dry, depending on what type of paper you're using, they could look completely different. Mm-hmm. On a heavily coated paper like Tomoe River, which can be found in the Nebula Note notebooks as well as our Goulet notebooks, um, they retain a little bit more of their color. But on something like Rhodia, which are you know more commonly used 80 gram you know paper, uh, they 
get muted quite a bit. Mm. I call them surprise brown inks because you write with them and they're like, oh, look at that. Nope, I'm brown. You write with another one. You're like, oh, look, blue. No, brown. Like, they, no, they're not brown, brown, but they do kind of. They walk that line. They get they get earthy as they dry. So that are maybe, is a pretty, Are you maybe just seeing brown because that's what you want to see? I mean, maybe. Or is it like objectively brown? No, they're not objectively brown. They're just like, okay. I get kind of like the, um, the Platinum Classic inks, the, yeah, uh, the yeah, those the... kind of, they they went down one color mm-hmm. and then they dried all with a little bit of a brownishness to them. Yeah, yeah, you know? okay. Not, not, not dissimilar to that. They're, they're brown forward. Yes, brown forward. So we've got five <laughs> colors there. Hana Gokoro, Zare Gokoro, Suki Gokoro, Date Gokoro, and Kokoro Guma. So mm. those are there. They're available. They're fun and interesting. Not your everyday inks. Um, they're, they definitely have a feature that uh, is yeah. uncommon. And finally... Finally, Brian, we are going to be seeing some Iroshizuku cartridges from Pilot. What? The famous, like decades famous Iroshizuku line of ink from yeah, Pilot literally. is finally going Good to have naked. cartridge options in the same colors that the full bottles are in, mm-hmm. in the same beautiful presentation, same sort of cardboard, uh, silver textured uh, pattern on there. They're going to be available in cartridges. Not a whole lot else to say. They're going to be Pilot's proprietary shape, same as all mm-hmm. the other Pilot cartridges, but finally you're going to be able to get exciting, fun, bright, vibrant colors rather than those stock Namiki slash Pilot ones that we've had for the last decade plus. So that's exciting news. We've been waiting a long time for these and they will finally be available, if not when this publishes, soon after. This is like by far the best ink cartridge packaging I have ever seen. Like yeah. it looks too nice for cartridges it is pretty cool it looks really cool it is pretty cool so that's available and also today friday when this publishes we will be joining the world in another twisby eco launch twisby is putting forth the eco tea once again this time in saffron which is a beautiful marigold and i think it is going to be a hit because it is not a bright eye piercing yellow it is a nice smooth very kind of floral yellow yeah and i think this is going to hit a lot of targets um i know at least one person that's really gonna like this one yeah so it's like a more of a yellow orange yeah i see a lot of orange to this one. yeah it's got it's, it's nice. a nice gold a nice smooth gold yeah. i think it's gonna be popular you could almost i could almost if you didn't know that it was called saffron you could almost pass it off as an orange Instead of a yellow, it yeah, really walks that line. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's that's true. You know, very, um, yeah, I would say that it's a it's a it's a nice color that is often found in nature. Not doesn't look yeah. artificial. Yeah, so I really I like that, and I think a lot of people will as well. And yeah. that is our new stuff. Awesome. All right, Q and A, Brian. I think it's time. Q and A. Okay. Ooh. Here we go. You ready this week? Getting it done. This is, this is all the email ones you were mentioning. Like, there's yes, a lot of emails. actually. Okay. So some of you might have emailed us at pencast at mm-hmm. asking us some questions. And some of you might yes. have wondered, why are these being ignored? That's because we kind of forgot about that inbox for a month. So we collected them and we're going to do all emails this week. So these are all a little bit more long form as opposed to the uh, shorter Instagram questions I sometimes put online. Yeah, we'll do that the, next time. With all the abreaves. Yes. So please do keep an eye out on Instagram because I will post for some questions because mm-hmm. after this, we're pretty much out. So get those gears rolling. Keep it going. YouTube comments. Keep it in there. Yep. I take note. And uh, this one. 
however, comes to us from Leslie. <coughs> Leslie gives us a bit of a hypothetical. Imagine you could buy shimmer to add to any ink. Mm -hmm. Which color of shimmer would you add to which inks? Mm -hmm. You could add shimmer to a non-shimmer ink or switch the color of a shimmer in an existing shimmer ink or even add shimmer to shimmer. What? Yes. Shimmer Shimmer to the second power. That's a lot of shimmer. Um, well, that's happened before. Like, uh, who is it that's got the gold and the silver shimmer? That would be is Ferris that... Wheel Press, Ferris Press? Yeah. on Stroke of Midnight. Okay, yeah. Silver yeah. and gold. <laughs> you know what I learned? Fun fact, a tangent before we get into the question. Is it about Rudolph? It is about Rudolph. Yes! So, you know, Cornelius, the minor guy. Yukon Cornelius, Yukon yes. Cornelius. He's like, pick pickaxes into the snow, mm -hmm. and then he licks it. Yeah. Nothing. Why does he lick it? They never explain it. He can taste the silver in and there. the gold. No. What? No. There was a deleted scene <gasps> the, in there. So he was looking for a peppermint mine. Hmm. Yes. So they deleted that scene, but they left everything else in there because it was just too integrated. So what he's doing he's, is he's mining, and then he's licking the peppermint off of his axe. That's why he licks it constantly. Isn't that crazy? Never knew that. I don't know what my life is now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh my God. Thank you, random YouTube shorts that keep Yikes. popping up in my feed. Anyway. Wow. Uh, All right, Shimmer. Back shimmer to on it. Shimmer on Shimmer. Well, Leslie, you're asking me to imagine buying Shimmer and adding it to any ink. I do not have to imagine because I have done yeah, this. Yeah, I remember that. I did this early on. I want to say 2016. Before it became cool. Before it was it was starting to become cool. And I think it was when, I'm trying to remember, I think Diamond Shimmer-tastic was just becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. It was before the ink vent, before all that stuff. Yeah. So Urban had their thing. Diamond had theirs. Maybe Robert Oster was dabbling in it. I don't remember. I think it was probably before It Robert might have Oster. been before Robert Oster. But I remember because I was like, you know, back when I used to mix my own resins, when I was making pens, I would buy mica powders and all kinds of like special powders that were like super finely ground. And I remember them looking really good in like epoxy resins and stuff like that, that I was mixing for doing pen castings. I was like, we're doing a pen casting I right now. Just had to, hey, hey, hey. Comes full circle, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, still pen casting. Uh, I guess this isn't my first pen casting then. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I was like, you know, I wonder if those same powders would be fine enough to flow in ink. And I was like, I don't know exactly what they're using in these shimmer inks, but why not just try it? So I had some of that, and these were like weird branded things that are like just made for crafting type stuff. And I was like, well, let me go to like, you know, Michael's craft store or whatever and see if I can find any like mica powders. Well, sure enough, they have mica powders that you can buy in these little jars. I got like several mixed packs of all different colors. There were some pinks and teals and iridescents and purples and all kinds of crazy colors. And so I was like, let's just see what happens. I mean, this was years ago I did this now and I don't think I ever really publicized that I did it because I do experiments like this. I remember all the you time. doing it, but I don't remember ever having seen any. I didn't of them. make a big thing out of it because, you know, especially at that time I was like, you know, is this something that like we should develop? Should mm -hmm. we like could we sell Mica powder? I was like, ah, you know, who knows? Like I'm just like, what are the possibilities here? And like, is there anything that would be a value for us to do in the pen world around this? Um and then ultimately I think I, this is like as more things were coming out in popularity and I was like, there were a lot of other ink makers that were coming out with really good shimmer inks. And I was like, you know what? They're probably testing this a little more thoroughly than yeah. me. Let's see what happens. And then, of course, now there's so many shimmer inks out there. I'm like, 
okay, it's kind of like ink mixing where it's like, it's a cool thing to do if you're into that, but it's really not necessary. Yeah. Um, but I figured what better time to talk about it than when specifically asked in a pen cast. Um, so yeah, sure enough, like you can go to probably most any craft store. You can find mica powders, M-I-C-A. And from what I understand, they're, you know, just basically really, really finely ground glitter. You can get all different types and just experiment with mixing them. You don't need a lot to put in the ink. You'll have to, you're in total My, experimentation Mica, territory. Mica is a, a mineral though, isn't it? It is, yeah. But this is. stuff is... I don't know what it's made of. Okay, so it might be synthetic, but it might actually be... I have be no idea. Oh. I have no idea. Hmm, okay. Probably your mileage will vary depending on the brand you use and whatever. But I forget, you know, what brand I'd gotten or whatever. I, If I had like an extra 10 hours in the week, I probably would have like gone back and... Because I, I, I had all different types of ink colors and I tested all different types of, vo- of volumes of powder and colors of powder. And I basically tested it enough to know like, yeah, this is a seemingly legit thing to do. And I, first off, I put way too much in on basically everything. And it was like- Did it flow? Um, it flowed, yeah, it flowed. I mean, like to a degree, like it was kind of like anything else. It's yeah. like, you know, the more, the more of the powder you put in there, the less it's gonna flow because you're literally clogging it with mm. stuff. But I mean, it got, it got, I got some really cool results. So um, I don't have like hyper specific details to share about the colors because I frankly just don't remember. Um, and I just didn't have time to like dig into it as much as I would have or take pictures or whatever. But I can at least speak to it enough to if you're interested, you can for like 15, 20 bucks, go buy some powders from an art store and just try it out on your own. Um, but I remember it being really cool when you could take a powder that was kind of like a sparkly iridescent type that was of the same color. Uh, as the ink you were using. So there were some like teal type mica powders that I had and I would put it in like a that, teal That was going to be my, that was, that was going to be my answer. And, and it looks crazy. Yeah. Because it like amplifies. Yes. And it just, and it, you know. If That's you, what I wrote down. Yeah. That was going to be my thing. Yeah. I want to like. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Right, so well, you can totally do that. So, or you could go, or I found if you go like contrasting, you know, so I had some like, maybe not contrasting, but complementary. So I had some like, I would use purple ink, but I would use like a magenta or like a hot pink. Right. Or a blue, you know, something that was like, in the same color family, mm-hmm. but not directly that exact color. And I got some really cool effects with that too. Uh, so those were some of my favorites where I had something where it was like, you know, sort of tangential to that color. Uh, maybe not the primary, but like the secondary color to whatever the ink that I was using. Had great results doing that across all colors. And then ones where it was like a particularly interesting, uh, um, you know, mica powder color going with that ink just it just popped. So, yeah. so Leslie's question though, Brian, if sure. you could add, um, like shimmer add... to one ink, what would you, what would you pick? Like oh. let's say there's an ink that we currently carry. What do you, what do you think one could benefit from if you wanted to enhance it with shimmer? I'd be curious to see what organic studio nitrogen. That was my first Would thought. look like yeah. with shimmer in it. Cause it's yeah. already so crazy with the yes. sheen. Um, I was like, my first thought was be, like, just to be chaotic, like yeah. add, add a bunch of crap to base state blue and nitrogen. Yeah. Like, why not? That would be really They're cool. They're already insane. and That would be really cool. Yeah. Like to like with nitrogen, it's got a heavy red sheen to it. So you could lean into that and you can go with like a red or a pink, you know, kind mm-hmm. of a, a, a mica powder. Honestly, and it kind of needs a blue sheen because the red is a little dominant. You could, uh, I'd be curious to see what it would look like with both. And that's yeah. the cool thing is like, it doesn't take a lot of these powders. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're I guess, expensive per volume, but you don't use that much of it, you know, especially if you're testing it in like ink sample vial quantities. That's what I was doing, like two, three mils at a time. 
I mean, obviously the smaller you go, like the, you gotta really tone it down on mm -hmm. the on the glitter thing, but I mean, it's really fun to experiment with. Yeah, so. my, my, my thought was, you know, I thought the chaotic route, just taking a very high maintenance, you know, infamous ink and adding just more stuff to it. Sure. But realistically, my, my thought was, yeah, same, like the same color on same color, like yeah. blue on blue, purple on purple, brown on brown. For like sure. I would love to see an ink that looked just like a new penny, like maybe a brown base with a bright, oh, yeah. like coppery, uh, coppery shimmer. Yeah. So just a really like, like writing with brand new polished copper. It's totally a thing. I would love that. Yeah. What also worked well. So I don't, I don't know if I had a powder that was in like the, the mix pack that I got at the craft store, but one of the powder that I have, a, <laughs> I have like a tub that's like this big, like it's a huge amount. Of the same color? It's, it's like a white iridescent. So basically oh, if, yeah. if you want to get like an, like a, like a, um, I wish I could remember what like, it's like a pearlescent. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. a white pearlescent. Sure. And basically whatever color that I would mix up in a pen resin, I would dump some of that white pearlescent in there and it just makes it so much sparklier and swirlier mm. and stuff like that. So just, you know, any, it, it, literally any ink color doesn't necessarily change the color, but it just makes it pearlescent. That powder alone, probably you could add to any ink and it would look crazy. Cool. I wonder if that's what's in Private Reserve's pearlescent ink. I have no idea. Hmm. I have no idea any material that's used in that any of these stuff, shimmer inks. The the private reserve shimmer inks are more powdery than any of the other shimmer inks that we carry. I wonder if they have something similar. I don't know. Hmm. Could be. All right. Well, that's our shimmerific question. Yeah. Starting us off. If you're interested in doing that, you can experiment with it in not that difficult of a manner. Great. Just look in the craft world or look in like the resin casting world and you'll find all these powders and stuff that you know, that's what they're made for. But don't do any of these experiments unless you're using a pen that's easy to clean and you don't really care if something happens to it. Yes, indeed. Don't throw this in your vintage, you know, Namiki or nope. something. So anyway, there you go. All right. All right, Drew. Next up. I got a question for you. Boom, boom. Peter. Peter says, dear Brian and Drew, first of all, thank you for the pen cast. It's most informative and pen appetizing. Mmm. Interesting. Is that just because we were talking about hamburgers? <clears throat> I do get really hungry when we talk about this. Um, it's interesting and entertaining with just the right amount of snatch block awareness raising turkey hammock silliness. Hey, snatch blocks. Love it. Love it. Snatch blocks are the best. Snatch blocks. Um, my question is, which pens have the best sealing caps so that one does not have to worry about hard starts after a week or two? The Platinum 3776 is famous for this. But what other pens are great in this regard? Are there any that have a snap cap? What kinds of ink are the best for infrequent use? All right. There's a lot of ground to cover here. Yeah, well, the quick answer, yes, the 3776 is great, but you don't mm -hmm. need to pay 3776 prices to get the slip and seal mechanism. You can get that uh, accessible in some of Platinum's lower price yeah. pens. They don't officially say the Preppy is slip and seal, but it basically is. So similar preppies seal really well for yeah. the price. You can't really beat it. Procyon. Procyon, boom, Procyon's boom. good in that way. Slip and yeah. seal. Yeah. And then going other, going to your second question, is there a, a snap cap? Yeah, the preppy, boom. And then the big brothers and cousins and other relatives of the preppy. Placier. Placiers, yeah. yeah. Your Procyons, your Profontes. I think the Procyon is a Procyon uh, screw cap. cap. Procyon Not screw cap. cap. Yep. So I meant the Profonte. The Profonte is Profonte, a cap. Uh, cap of Profonte. Yeah, the Profonte. And then uh, I would say that um, Twisby actually kills it with the snap cap. 
they seals. Do. The swipe is great. We'll talk about that later on another question. Swipe is great for a snap cap and sealing for a long. Hey, it is what Love it is, man. Love that swipe. It is what it is, man. Uh, <laughs> seals really well. Snap cap for a long sure. period of time. The go as well. Yeah. Twisby knows how to seal their caps just really, as well as Platinum Really, all the Twisbys are pretty great in that way. And honestly, the 2000 is up there in price, but for a snap cap, it seals really well. Really it seals good. better than the, than the Safari or the All-Stars do. For whatever reason, the way it's engineered, it just it 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 tightens things up yeah, really nicely. It's and good. to the third part of your question about the ink, Private Reserve makes an ink called Infinity Ink. And I, uh, when we first started carrying that ink, it was advertised to us that it just keeps your pen from drying out. And they said that you could leave your pen uncapped for the whole day and it wouldn't dry out with this ink. So I had to test it. And I wrote with it um, once every hour. Um, I think sometimes every 30 minutes, but very infrequently throughout an entire workday. And it did indeed stay inked up and wet and ready to write for the entire day. So um, I have some pens that dry out after, you know, if I lift my pen off the page for five seconds. So I was happy with that. Yeah. It's a little bit more pricey, but I would say that the Infinity Ink more or less does what it's advertised to do. So I would definitely check that out. And one more thing I'd like to add is that uh, it's not always, um, like for example, the slip and seal mechanism that we're talking about with Platinum. It's an inner cap that's spring loaded. So when you cap your pen, that spring is pressed up against the top of the cap and the cup that is attached to the spring creates a pressure that um, presses down on the seal right around the grip section to keep your nib wet. There are a couple other pens that do that, not necessarily with the slip and seal branding, but Visconti's uh, hook safe lock mechanism operates, you know, through the necessity of a spring loaded inner cap, much like the slip and seal cap does. So any Visconti with the hook safe lock also has a spring loaded inner cap that'll keep your pen nice and wet, ready to go. And then any pen really that has an inner cap is going to be better than a pen without an inner cap. Mm -hmm. However, the seal, like if we're talking about, you know, a Safari and All-Star where it clicks onto the barrel of the pen or onto the grip section, that is not the only point of potential ingress for air to get in and dry your pen out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if your cap has a finial on top or a clip, which many do, Air can't get in through the clip hole or through some, you know, uh, bit of a compromised situation in the finial. Sometimes I will test for this by either blowing into the cap or uh, dripping water into the cap. So the air test is quick and easy, but a little less reliable because your air could go around the inner cap and out the clip hole, um, which uh, you'd be able to, you know, feel that air is escaping, even though when the pen is closed, uh, it might be just fine because it's connecting with that inner cap. So the the, the air test is pretty okay, not 100%. If you've got an inner cap, the water test though is pretty airtight. Ha! Um, if you just take a syringe or a disposable pipette, which is better, uh, you can just drop a couple of drips of water into the cap and see if it goes anywhere. And if it comes out of the clip hole or through the bottom of the cap finial, you can pretty much bet that if water can get out of there, so can air. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of them do that. You know, it's it's not uh, it's not super common that a cap is 100% airtight, but it's nice when you see it. And mm-hmm. uh, so far, I would say that Twisby and Platinum are probably your best bets. Brian? 
I would throw Pilot in there too. Pilot has a number of pens that seal really, really well. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just kind of looking at some of the pens, just kind of like remind myself a little bit of what seals really well. Um, the Pilot Prera does well. That's got a specific insert in there. That's got a really nice cap um, too. Yeah. Snap cap, mm-hmm. very satisfying snap on that cap. Uh, the Metropolitan, you know, it's uh, also got sort of an inner cap on there. Strong snap, seals pretty well. Um, the Traveler's Brass Pen, oddly enough, go. I just, you know, it's it's a carport pen. That's the carport you know, pen. That's the, that's the famed <laughs> carport pen. Um, that pen is like, I've never had an issue with it drying out mm-hmm. despite putting it through the worst of abuse. Um, and really all the, pi- most of the pilot pens, especially the pilot custom pens, custom 74, custom 823 has a very visible specific insert in there, mm-hmm. um, that does a really good job. And the reason they put inserts in these pens is especially like the homo sapiens, for example, you know, if they have, you know, spring clips, you know, it's one thing if you have a clip that is a tension clip and the clip just kind of like, it's the metal bending you can seal that up pretty well and the clip, you know, just needs to be stayed in place. Mm-hmm. But if you got any type of like spring clip or something where there's movement involved in that clip, there's more of a tendency to have like more openness in that that's a hole. good point. Now it's not like a, that's, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that the type of clip determines how big that hole is, but that's often why they put those inserts in there. So even doing like the blow test or the water test or whatever, it can help, but it's, it's like if there is one of those inserts, it's really the inserts made to fit around like the grip. Right. But if you drip the water the in the insert, it if should you drip the water in the insert. It shouldn't go anywhere. That, yeah. That's my point. I'm like, yeah. it has to go in the middle. Exactly. That's why the blow test doesn't always work because it can go around that yeah. cup. Yeah. So, you know, it takes a little bit of like investigation trying to determine these things, but ultimately the best test is like just using the pen and determining what, uh, what's good. Yeah. I, so. I know, I know, I know a guy, one of my pen friends, uh, I've known him for years. He will ink up a pen and just leave it for months to decide whether or not it is worthy of wow. his praise because the dry time and being able to write with it after a long time is the most important feature of a fountain pen to him. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. So I, I, I always refer to him like, hey, what's the best what's the best pen for uh, not drying out? And I, I he in- knows. I inadvertently end up doing that because I don't clean out my pens in an appropriate manner. Well done. So Take uh, one for the yeah. team. But, you know, that doesn't – it's not really scientific <laughs> – in any way, but yeah, there we All go. Right. So that at least points you in the right direction. You got a lot of good options there. There we go. All right. We're going to hear from Rob next, Brian. Rob. Rob Bubba. Rob Bubba is asking us, is it okay <clears throat> to ink up a pen? No. If the, Oh, gosh. All right. Well, there you have it, Rob. No, no. it is not okay to Pens ink up a pen. should just be looked at, seen, and not heard. There we go. Or- Contrary to literally <laughs> thousands of hours of footage, Brian is now saying- I got to be honest with you. I've been-, I've been <laughs> I've been living a lie this whole time. I've never actually inked up a pen. I just like the way they look. I think they're pretty. Um, Every video you've ever seen, it's not my hands. It's all deep fake. It's all deep fake, yeah. All right, Rob asks, is it okay to ink up a pen if uh, if the ink and or pen has been in a cold, freezing condition? What temperature does ink freeze at? For example, when I got a box with my order from Goulet Pens and it's frozen, and it's a frozen Wisconsin day, five degrees Fahrenheit, and the package has been on my doorstep. The ink doesn't appear to have any ice or slush in it, but the bottle is super cold. Mm-hmm. The pen itself is fogged up from the inside. It's a demonstrator piston. Mm-hmm. I'm chomping at the bit to get the pen filled up with ink, but should I wait until both are at room temp? I'm concerned about possible condensation, but does that matter? Boy, there's like a barrage of questions in here, but uh, makes sense. It's been particularly cold it recently. has especially so, man i can't imagine wisconsin, wisconsin. yeah it's uh, gonna be colder there than in virginia that's yeah. for sure 
Uh, great question, though. Uh, and so I did. I didn't do a deep dive on this. I just did a little. I went into the the, the waiting pool. All right. I went ankle deep in the kiddie pool. All right. On this one. So um, uh, basically, anytime that you have weather that's below freezing, you know, it's right to like maybe perk up a little bit and be thinking, you know, ink is mostly water, and if it's going to freeze, that could be a challenge. Um, obviously, we can you can imagine we ship year round. We ship literally anywhere in the world that USPS and FedEx will deliver to, so our stuff could end up anywhere. Um, it's never a bad idea to be thinking about the outside temperatures when you're ordering stuff, ordering ink online, because as much as we try to pack it or whatever, we can't control what happens when it's sitting on the truck or if it gets left outside or whatever. So we we this is why we have slightly ridiculous amount of care with our stuff, but um, we can't control things in rather extreme temperatures. Um, that said, we do run across things where ink can get damaged because of cold. Mm -hmm. um, often it's because when ink, or, or generally glass bottles of ink specifically, certain designs of glass bottles, when they get really cold, if the ink itself, it's hard, it's hard for us to know because it's in transit. We never know like what state of freezing that it might be in. But I think even just being really cold, things to get, tend to get more brittle. So when things are also getting tossed around like footballs by whoever may be delivering them, uh, it's things are more brittle. Maybe there's some ice or something in there. More breakages can happen, but it's not as many as you would probably think. No. It's not like if it's below freezing out there, all the ink bottles break. It's actually fairly rare for how many ink bottles that we're actually shipping out of here. Do you remember it um, used to happen a whole lot more with Diamine and their old bottles? Their old bottles. Because yeah. there was just enough space so the, bo the glass bottle inside the box... Um, so the old boxes, little, not yeah, the old bottles. It had a little bit of movement. There was a there. tiny yeah. bit of movement, but it was just enough for it to move. If yeah. the bottle itself is pretty immobilized, you shouldn't have anything to worry about. The box will do its job and protect it. Yeah. But if it's a little, if there's some motion, then, you know, the slightest knock, you know, like you said, if it's extra brittle, it yeah, it could happen. It, yeah. it happens much more rare these days. Yeah. Now. But it's pretty rare that we hear about like ink arriving to somebody as like a frozen block. Like it's, it's pretty rare. Um, so that said, ink is mostly water. So generally speaking, you can assume it will begin the freezing process around zero degrees Celsius, 32 degrees Fahrenheit. That said, where I did my little going into the waiting pool, I was thinking like, okay, what about like dyes and biocides and surfactants and stuff? I can't, you know, I don't know about, I don't know about dyes. I didn't get into that one. Biocides, I think there's so little of that. It wouldn't matter. Um, the surfactants, I was looking at like glycerol. Glycerol, you know, is a is a common surfactant. Um, it actually does have a lower freezing point than water mm -hmm. to the degree. I, you know, I don't know how much of that is put in there. Probably not enough to make a huge difference. I think because ink is so primarily water, you're probably safe just assuming you're going to be at a freezing point that is close to water. It might be a little bit lower probably with the other stuff that's in there. But um, what I don't know is like packaging stuff up if it's the same as if you just like left a bottle of ink sitting on your porch. Like if it's in a cardboard box with some wrapping and other stuff in there, it's going to be better protected and insulated, certainly from wind. But like, is it still, is that bottle of ink going to end up just as cold in the packaging as it would if it was just sitting out there? I would have to believe that probably not. Like there's some insulation, there's, you know, just like residual warmth, maybe from it being on the delivery truck or something like that, that will help to keep it from freezing as much as it would if it were just like purely exposed to the elements to which, to, to what degree I don't really know other than just 
you know, we don't hear about freezing as much as you would think. Um, but it does, it does happen. So if it's sitting outside on your porch and all that kind of stuff, bring, bringing it inside and then like waiting, I don't know, a little bit, not like taking it if it's five degrees outside and it's been sitting out there for an entire weekend and you get back, don't like pull it right in and maybe throw it right in there. But honestly, like if it's still liquid and it's flowing, I don't think the temperature of it is going to impact your pen very much, honestly. No, I mean, it's not like cold causes a lot of um, movement. Like, uh, I mean, it, it might cause the ink to flow not quite as well. I guess the feed, if, if you're riding in really, really low temperatures, you could see some contraction with, you know, some of the parts, I guess. Um, but it's, kind of, it's so little ink in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's such a narrow pathway for the ink. I, I can't imagine it yeah. having a it's, big effect. And say, say you know, I'm going to talk in Fahrenheit because that's what we deal with in the U.S. here. Say your house is 75 degrees. I don't keep it that warm in the wintertime. 70 degrees, whatever. And you've got ink that's, you know, been sitting outside in 5 degrees. It's not actually 5 degrees, but say you bring it in, it's 32 degrees. It's right at that freezing point. Well, as soon as you bring it into the house, it's going to start warming up. I don't think it's going to sit there all that long for it to get to a pretty reasonably warm temperature. So it's like, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm often not like at the house getting something delivered immediately, bringing it in and using it right away. No, I mean, even, even if, if it's a couple did, hours, if it's, if it's basically, if it's liquid, you're safe. I think so. If it's not actively frozen, you're probably yeah. fine. And even if it is partially frozen, it's not going to like suck up into your pen if it's got ice chunks and yeah. you're just going to have cold ink. Or you're just not going to do anything. Yeah. I've never heard of anybody that's had a problem from using ink that is just cold. Nah. I think it's more of an issue if you have a pen that's filled with ink and you like leave it in your car and it freezes like solid all the way through and expands. Then maybe it can break your pen. You know, we've even never, that is so rare. We've never tried to freeze ink before. I have... Tried freezing ink before. You have? Yeah, not like necessarily in this context of like trying to freeze it. You've ever you stuck it? ink in your freezer? I have because and does I, it solidify? Well, it can. Yeah, did, absolutely. Did, did it in your case? It, it, the, in the instance where I was trying it, I was trying to test like the Noodler's Polar series of uh-huh. inks to see like when it would freeze and when it wouldn't. Or like I know some people sort of like if you ever hear like if you keep batteries in your yeah, yeah, yeah. refrigerator. Yeah, I've heard, that, I've heard that some people keep ink in their freezer. Yeah, some people keep ink in there to keep it from, you know, to keep it lasting longer or whatever, which I think is largely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, so have you ever seen a frozen block of ink? Because I have not. Not all the way through, no. I haven't. I, I feel haven't, like we should uh, try that. Done that. All right. Do we have any ice trays here? I got some buttered popcorn that nobody really wants. <gasps> Don't so you dare. Can, uh, Butter popcorn. Oh, that would be cool, wouldn't it? That no. gorgeous bottle that would no. just like, oh. it look all shattered. See if it's strong oh, very enough. Very dare you. See if that bottle and that cap is strong oh. enough on Ferris Wheel Press to uh, contain that buttered popcorn. Blasphemy. Freezing temperature. Get out of here. Mm-mm. I don't know. It sounds to me like you don't have confidence that it would be able to withstand it, Drew. I don't You're know. You're a terrible person. I think you need to just have faith in your, your favorite uh, color here. <laughs> oh my god i don't know it's one of these things that like okay it makes sense to think about that but i really like in practicality i just don't hear about it being an no. issue all that much so i appreciate your concern but i think you're largely generally pretty safe to just go ahead and use it um i kind of want to freeze an ink popsicle and see if i can write with it <laughs> that sounds like a good uh follow-up good homework for you drew yeah um or someone can beat me to it so rob rob brought up something else here about condensation yes not about you but i see like condensation inside my pens. Like that's just a moisture thing. It's not yeah. necessarily a temperature thing. Which actually we had talked about pretty recently about yeah. drying your pens. Someone sure. asked about that. 
And the our, our consensus, at least, was it's so little moisture that it yeah. is inconsequential. Yeah. The only time you should even give it a second thought is if you know you're going to be storing your pen for a long time. You maybe don't want to leave that condensation in there for forever. You know, try and get it out of there. Just leave your pen open or whatever for a while until you don't see it there anymore. But it's such a small amount of condensation in there. I mean, it, I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. Plus, you figure pens are made to deal with ink and moisture and stuff like that. So unless you have some pen that's like very specific or like, you know, certain like celluloids or vintage materials or, or something that might be more sensitive to to certain moistures, like prolonged exposure, I wouldn't even worry about it, nah. especially if it's inside your converter cartridge or whatever, like whatever. It's meant to be wet. Like, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't sweat at all. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, just don't even worry about it. All right. Okay. All right, there we go. Our final question this week is from Inertia 4. No, we skipped one. What? We got two more. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, this you're right. We're doing, we're doing four. All right, yeah. you, you asked me this one then. Okay. So this is from Amanda, Amanda Holyfield. So I'm not sure if this is the right place to ask questions, but I'm going to give it a shot referring to the email, which... It is the right place. It is when we look at it. Uh, do you have any advice or suggestions about introducing fountain pens to kids? My niece will be 10 soon, and she likes to write in such. I'm hesitant to buy her one since she's not my kid, but what are your thoughts about it? First off, I appreciate this as a parent because I have been given gifts, especially ones that make noise oh, yeah. or that make messes. Messes. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, you're going to give me that like, piano thing that's like out of tune on the seventh note like one time thanks one time my mom bought my son an entire box of those little fake plaster rocks with like little dinosaurs inside that you chisel away at oh boy there's 24 of them oh my god i'm pretty sure you're supposed to buy one but like it was in like a display box that wow. is supposed to be at stores so <laughs> my god we did so many of those wow. and just so much of a mess and we had to go outside and yeah this is a very considerate thing yeah of you so that. um yeah i a, a lot of what i would recommend is not unlike what i would recommend when you give anybody a fountain pen because some people are just not going to be um I guess their their habits are not just not conducive to it. So I would first just, I mean, ask the parents first. I think that's a very cool thing to do. Um, but I would find out if this person, be it child or adult, has a preferred writing utensil. If this is a kid, and I've talked to a lot of fountain pen fans, and a lot of them have mentioned some of the things that are all connected in how they began their hobby. And a lot of them stem on, stem around, stem from god drew a lot of them have in common they have a lot in, a lot of them the started the with yeah. having a favorite writing <laughs> instrument be it a pencil or a pen they just they love that pen they realize that this writing utensil is unique and i'm gonna hang on to it mm. like every so many people have told me that brian like oh huh. yeah i had i started with because i had this one pen and i had this one pen oh yeah i really like this one pencil and i always kept it with me mm -hmm. if they have a thing that right there is a green flag. Interesting. Doesn't even matter what it is, whether it's a pencil or a no, rollerball or that, whatever. That, just... that has so often started so many huh. people down the hobby. That initial... Because I definitely had that yeah, growing up. Yeah, absolutely. I had a couple of writing instruments that I was like, these are the writing instruments right. But that a lot I of use. people don't care at all. So huh. many, a lot of people, but but so many fountain pen enthusiasts... That. So many fountain pen enthusiasts have started their journey like that. They had How do you just like live your life just being like, 
I'll just write with whatever's around and it doesn't matter to me at all. I, I just mean, literally don't understand that. Some people feel that way about, you know, some an everyday utensil like, yeah, I don't know, soap or, you know, like whatever. I don't care. Gets the job done. Doesn't matter. Or a car. Some people are like, don't care. If a car gets you from point A to point B, some people are fine with that. I'm like that. But then some people are like, no, how can you, you use your car every day? How could you not want something that's special and unique and cool? Like, all right. Hmm. But anyway, that is a very common thing. Okay. They, you start your, either in elementary school or middle school, you realize that this is actually providing me with a different experience and I like it. I'm going to hang on to it. I'm not going to lose this one because mm. this one's different. That's right. And that's how it starts uh, for a lot of people. So that would be a very obvious green flag to look for. If you're planning to gift a fountain pen to a kid, if they have a favorite writing instrument, that's like, they're, they're, they're prime. They're ready for it. So that's a really good thing in the comments here. What was your prefer, assuming that this is probably common amongst all of us, mm -hmm. especially you watching these videos, what was the like writing instrument that you had, especially in school, that was like your go-to that you were kind of known for having? Yeah. The first one that was like, oh, this is different. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to, I'm either going to see if I can keep this or, you know, not lose it at least. Yeah. But that, that's actually, speaking of not losing it, knowing that a kid has a preferred writing instrument will also reinforce the likelihood of them keeping track of a gifted fountain pen. Mm. My son, he's turning nine here soon. I've given him a Twisby Swipe, a Diplomat Magnum, and a Jinhao Shark Pen. He's lost the Shark Pen numerous times. Every time he's found it, we've realized that the ink's completely dried out. So that thing was basically useless. Mm -hmm. The Swipe, he's used a lot. He, again, forgets about it a lot. My son is not the type of person who has a favorite writing utensil. He could not care less. Not yet, but there's um, time. No, not yet. He, time. He's, in, he's in third grade. Uh, so there's still time, but uh, some people in third grade absolutely had a preferred you know, writing instrument. So well, when, he I I did at that age. when he remembers it, he likes it. But the Twisby Swipe is good because it doesn't dry out. So mm. that was a good option for him. And then later I bought him a Diplomat Magnum. He, I don't think, has ever written with that. He huh. misplaced that almost immediately. I don't even know where it is. Wow. So if you want them to keep track of it, try to find out if they can keep track of anything to, to begin <laughs> with. And because we're talking kids, if we're talking third grader, yeah. good luck. The age will make a big difference. Yeah. 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 So look out for that as well. Yeah. Um, and you can either go with something easy like a cartridge pen uh, or go with something fun like the swipe, which comes with a bunch of different accessories. So. Mm. I, I see advantages to each one. If you don't want to, and I would approach this in gifting anybody a fountain pen. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you're, if you assess the person a bit and they're a tinkerer and they like little fun hobby things, then yeah, swipe all the way. Like you get, you get multiple types of filling mechanism. You get the cool little spring. It's in a nice little box. It's fun to open up everything. And you get the little baggie filled with goodies. Uh, sure. 100%. That's a, that, that, that to me, says fountain pens are fun to fill, mm. but then not for everybody. There are also plenty of people that I would say, hey, fountain pens are practical and they are pleasant to write with. Here is a pen and a cartridge. Like absolutely, I would give no that to somebody. In, no shame in cartridges. No, absolutely not. One, yeah. Like there are so, I would say more people I've gifted that setup to than I have the oh, yeah. swipe. Like it takes a specific type of person to yeah. appreciate the nitty gritty, usually nerdy hobbyists like ourselves. So if it's that type of person, you know, go full on, it, illustrate to them the fun behind the hobby. Um, but then, of course, you also might want to just illustrate the simplicity and the ease of the hobby as well, because you don't want to scare them off. Sometimes that could be better for kids, just yeah. showing them how Keep easy it, it is. Yeah. Look, all right, just push really hard until you find a click. Boom. Yeah, you're good to write. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that's what I would recommend checking out. That's what's worked for me.
But I have not given anybody except for one person a fountain pen that they actually stuck with. So mm. there's that too. Yeah. I've almost given up, but I, I can't because if I like something, I need other people to like it. Yep. I resonate with that feeling. Yeah. Yep. Um, I will reiterate the giving the parents a heads up thing, especially with pens where ink could be involved and end up in places that maybe, maybe the kid didn't even intend. Yeah. Um, but for sure the kid could be drawing on the sofa and not cap the pen and put it down and then it's on the sofa and you know, so just kind of be aware and, and don't gift any ink that's like permanent or anything crazy. Um, cartridges are a great way to go because pretty much most cartridge ink is going to be nothing too crazy. Nah. Most of the boutique inks are bottle form. Um, with kids, so I like what you're saying, Drew. Everything resonates. I think what helps kids to be really interested in their stuff, not only if they have like the propensity towards you know, a thing identifying with a specific writing instrument, but they also identify with colors. Pretty much every kid's got a favorite color. Oh yeah, good point. Or some kind of character or superhero or whatever that has a color associated to it. Mm -hmm. And if you can, if you can't like hit the, like hit it on the nose with like a themed pen with their franchise on it, you know, going with the color that they associate with it or the color that they know and love, like, Look at me. I love blue. I still love blue. I've loved it ever since I was in first grade that I can remember. Yeah, you give me a blue pen, I'm a hundred times more likely to use that pen as a kid, young Brian. I would be so much more likely to use that blue pen than I would anything else just because it's blue. If you so, gave me as a kid a green pen with a blue ink and told me it was a Leonardo from Ninja Turtles ink, I'm like... You'd be like... This is my pen this forever. My pen. Yeah. yeah. You'll care about it a lot more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, again, just it's just tapping into something that's like the kid already cares about, that they're into, that they identify with. And I find just blanket across the board, not overthinking it on the type of pen, but just going with a color that they'll get excited about will, will help a whole lot in them being more responsible for it, taking care of it better, that kind of a thing. Um, so I find a lot of success in doing that. Um, and then... The cartridge route, also a really good way to go. I think looking at a lot of cartridge pens could be really good or something preloaded like a Pilot Varsity. You know, I think that is also a great. It's pretty much dummy proof. You don't have to worry about filling it or anything. Honestly, I did not mention the Varsity when we talked about well-sealing pens. That one's a well-sealing pen it, too. Extraordinarily well-sealing. Yeah. And it's very forgiving too. Very. Like kids can pretty much murder that nib. And it'll keep writing. Honestly, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the Varsity is probably the perfect pen for it's a kid a really, to start with at least. Yeah, and it's super, like, it's really inexpensive. There yeah. are color options to go with there. It's a great idea. You know, it's a you can throw that pen around and it won't get beat up much. So mm -hmm. that's a really good option too, and it's only a couple bucks. So, yeah, lots of good options here. Glad you brought it up. And uh, now we get to move on to now the last question. Now I get to repeat myself. Question. Yes, yep. now it is the final question <laughs> from Inertia4. And uh, Brian, put on your uh, prognostication hat. We're going to tell okay. the future again. Oh, boy. Let's do Here's it. Here's a question for Brian. Mm. Down the road in the future, will okay. you hope your children get into the business? Or if they don't, would you groom someone to carry on the company? Because you, you own the Goulet Pen Company. You and Rachel, um, you have your business owners. Well, so I've heard. Yeah. Uh, Sorry if that's traumatic for you to be reminded of. Well, they say, you know... If you can't, what is it? No, I can't remember. They do say that, yeah. You can't take it with you, whatever. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't really care what happens after I'm gone. I'm gone. 
that's good luck. You're on your own. Wow. Yeah. You're on your own. I mean, Jeez. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I do think about this. I think about succession to a degree. We've been doing this 13 and a half years, not counting the pen turning time that I had before that, but Goulet in its actual successful form. Um, 13 and a half years at this point. But Rachel and I were only 38. Like, I don't have any desire to stop working anytime soon. No, I, I would like I would say that you are probably incapable of doing that. I mean, I like, I mean, in, in my downtime, I... I just do different work. Yeah. Like I just work is fun to me. <laughs> like not all work is fun. Like filing taxes is not fun to yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's a necessary. But all of your of fun kind of also looks like work. Well, to the outsider looking in. Except for like, chess. Ch- chess and Rubik's cubes are like very, very hobby hobbies. But even like. Yeah, the but they're work. Do, like. I suppose, but all this, the all the downtime activities I do are basically like here's this complex thing that you have to like think really hard or try to figure out yeah. or like really fail and be bad at it for a long time until you can sort of get better, but never really as good as you want to be because you are doing other things. All of your outdoor hobbies are definitely things that other people could get paid for. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like pretty as much. a job. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, most of my hobbies are like fixing stuff around the house yeah. or, you know, whatever. Yeah, probably like the, I don't know, like playing, just, playing know, a video game works. or like playing chess or something like that. Like those are those are the I things mean, that are where I'm like, okay, this is like not an actual like career. I mean, there are people that make money doing that, but not really. Yeah, but you never really sit down and play video games. You're always just like, you know, you get your mobile games, but. Uh, oh, I never. Yeah, I never sit down and you, play. You buy games and you game. just, just to look at. And I bought some Xbox 360 games. All. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, yeah, I don't even have it hooked up. I was right all excited. Now. You're like, Drew, I bought some Xbox 360 games. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. They like, just and they've just sat. That there. was months ago. Yeah, I know. Months ago. I know. But I've got them. They're there. They're always there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the Xbox 360 is that I bought when Joseph was born, and now he's a teenager. <laughs> I'm just ready to get the like green ring of death on that thing too, and I'll just be like, red. well, all those games. Is it the red ring? It's of the death? red ring. Yeah. Red ring. I don't know. Green is good. Green is good. Okay, good. Green is good. Um, anyway, it's always there. What, Succession. What, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely something I think about. But, like, my kids are young enough now where I'm like, I don't know what trajectory they're going to go on. I mean, we have them, like, do stuff here and there. They help label ink samples. They'll, you know, put things in bags and, you know, stuff like that. But there's, you know, they're still learning, like, how to function as an independent human. Has Ellie asked for any sort of commission or residuals for that turtle sticker? Um, not explicitly. She will. But she, you know, yeah. I, <laughs> we kind of, jo- Ellie's the, Ellie's the spark plug in the she family. Is. We kind of joke that like she's going to stage a coup and take it over from me and then mm-hmm. put Joseph as like a puppet, you know. And keep me and on like, even though I'm old and senile <laughs> just as a favor. Like, yeah, my dad liked this guy for some she'll reason. She'll feel guilty for having ousted me and she'll be like, I feel bad for Drew because yeah. he really doesn't have any other skills. She'll put me in front of a camera and tell me, tell me that I have a YouTube <laughs> channel when in fact I don't. And I'm just, gonna, she's going to put Drew in a room with a camera that's not plugged into yeah. him. Thing. And no. they'll just be like, here, Drew, record some videos just like for a, your audience. Just like handing a kid like a broken <laughs> video game controller, be like, oh, here you go. You can play too. And they're just yeah. like hitting buttons thinking they're doing something. Look, I made him jump. Yeah. No, you yeah, did. Yeah. <laughs> She'll just drop new pens in yeah. above the ceiling every now and then. And you'll be like, scurry over and be yep. like, hey, look what just came through the ceiling. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, no, I mean, I joke about all this stuff. No, the truth is, like, I, my parents had a business growing up. Their business was not as i don't know to me not as interesting not as exciting uh they did desktop publishing and then like rolled it into a a printing business like 
printing brochures and things like that. All still from out of their house, though. Interesting. Well, they were they they had a business in the house for like ten years when I was like basically up until I hit middle school, and then in middle school they merged with a couple other companies and had like a full on printing operation. So like printing presses and like so most of my middle school like spring break and winter break and all the summers and stuff like that was me going into like a bindery shop, like a print shop and doing like print bindery. Yeah. Like actually now that I think about it, I was like, that was a kind of a dangerous place for me as a kid. And like, I would ride around on pallet jacks. Like it was a scooter. Mm-hmm. Like when there weren't a lot of people that. around. Yeah. My <laughs> yeah. dad was an electrician. He had a big shop like that. Yeah. Those things are kind of hard to steer. They never, really they are hard you. to steer. Yeah. And I was a pretty cautious kid. So I never wrecked it or anything like that. But now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, some of those machines were worth like a million dollars. They're like, if I had hit some of those things as a kid, that would have been in pretty big trouble. Wait, pallet, um, you're talking about the thing you pump and elevate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I read those. Yeah. They I weigh would, like never, a couple hundred pounds. I you never, know, you get I never, going on those things and I never wrecked them, but I definitely jumped off of them and had them wreck into something. So I never did that. I was very cautious as a kid. But. I didn't hurt myself, but it did run into some things. <laughs> Fair enough. I escaped. Um, yeah. So all that to say, my parents had a business growing up and they like, I worked in the business. I was doing like Photoshop stuff at 10 years old. And I would, I would do things like that, you know, various overprinting operations for brochures that needed to go out to some, you know, deck building franchise or whatever. And I would, you know, do Cork Express and FileMaker and all these old programs. So they like taught me how to do all that stuff. And it was like a good experience. But in terms of like the running of that business, I don't think they ever really pushed me to like take over that business. Yeah. Part of it was just like the print industry at that time was not exactly like up and coming not like fountain pens are <laughs> i tell you one day it's going to catch on <laughs> the next big thing mark uh, my words yeah yeah so it's like i mean honestly i mean who knows who knows what could happen i still pr- pinch myself on pretty much a daily basis and i'm like is this really like a career like is this really a business it like it doesn't seem like it should how viable be. is yeah. this really no, like, i don't think I don't people think are still in a fountain bit like every day i'm not. looking i'm like there's still orders coming in like people are still into this all right well we'll record another pen cast because i guess people are still watching yeah. you know are, and, are they though <laughs> are we sure have we met any of them yeah i actually have we have yeah people Unless are they're getting all, pretty into it if, if, you if know? you're all actors you're very good yeah. keep it up also because Makes me feel good about myself. That's right. Drew yeah. needs he needs that affirmation. I've yeah, got nothing else. I don't give it to him. I I've got just, nothing. No, you know, no. Just I just I berate him. Talk about embarrass dots him. Candy corn. Yeah, we throw dots in his yeah. office and it's disgusting. Vile. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, you're so excitable, people. Drew. We got to tone it down. That's true. Otherwise, you would just float across the office. Your feet would just never touch the ground. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, anyway, so. I grew up with an example of like, okay, here's my parents. It's a business. It's work. Yes, I kind of get all that. But they very much were like super practical. They were like, look, we'll teach you stuff. You can work in the business. They had lots of opportunity to do things. But they were very much like wanting me to explore kind of and find my own path. That sounds like you. Yeah, very much so. And like my kids, they got a lot of their own special skills. We can try and encourage and just cultivate whatever they're into give them exposure to things that they don't initially express interest in because kids need exposure to stuff that they have never done because they might turn turns out they might love something that they weren't exposed to otherwise. Um, but at the same time, we generally more encourage them to do the things that they have a natural propensity towards. Um, I can definitely see my kids with the acumen they have. They're like, they're both kind of like a nice blend between Rachel and myself personality wise, you know, in terms of their interests and intellect and things like that. Um, so I could see them being interested in some aspects of what we do here, but in terms of like, 
this is a family business. You got to do this. That's like not really a thing uh, for us. So we talk about it. The kids definitely know where they're, there's an expression there, where they're, where, where it all comes from. Yeah. Where the, I want to say the sausage is made, but that's a different, that's a different expression. They know where they're, oh my gosh. I don't know. There's an expression there. Um, You know, it's like, you know where your checks are written or you know where you're whatever. There's an expression there. You know where, you know which hammock your turkey's in. Yeah, exactly. You know where your bread is buttered. Oh, that's the one. That's what I'm thinking I like the turkey hammock better. So basically like they know that Rachel and I work together. They know that that's not normal. Like having your own business with the husband and wife, whatever, is not like everybody's situation. No. So like they know that this is kind of special and like the company's got our name in it and all that kind of stuff. So like they get that. Um, but at the same time, it's never been like something we forced to be like, yeah, you guys, whether you like it or not, you're going to carry the thing for. I'm like, whatever. OK. Uh, in in retrospect, I'm like, we really could have named the business something not after us. It was not like something I set out to do. Knowing what the business is now wasn't something I set out to do. Like, oh, I'm so great. I want to name the pen. You know, I was a pen craftsman. I was making my own pens. Yeah. So that was kind of what I was doing. I was like, well, if you if you make things, you can name it after yourself. Yeah, there's, not a, there's a personalization aspect yeah. to it. But now I'm like, okay, well, we kind of, kind of had to go with that once yeah. we started doing the things and now it's like I don't I don't want that to put like undue pressure on my kids to have to do what we right. do because they may have no interest in it if they want to be an engineer or a scientist or a dancer or a musician or whatever I'm like live your dream like go pursue whatever it is as long as it's you know somewhat practical because I don't want you living in my house till I get 38 which would also be fine because my kids are great but whatever yeah, it's getting more and more common these days yeah, we'll see um, but all that to say succession I definitely think about that I think about it more in like just a general practical sense. Like I think if the kids look, I'll expose them to stuff. If they have a natural interest and they have skills and they prove themselves. Sure. I could see a path towards that, but I'm not a big fan of nepotism for nepotism's sake. I would not throw my kids into running something that they're not ready to run. It's not good for them. It's not good for the business and all the rest of the team that's built the stuff. So sure. I can explore that. I got plenty of time to figure that out, but it's not like they're going to graduate college and hand the keys over and let them run it into the ground because that is just dumb on so many fronts. Like why let that happen? So I'll work to prepare my kids and have them ready, but you know, it's maybe one option that they might have, but you know, in general, I'm thinking more like what is the best succession plan for this business? Um, you know, and if the kids fit into that, sure. Great. But if not, then they won't. I mean, you hang around long enough, we'll probably have a suitable Brian Goulet AI developed. Um, That's within, what I'm hoping. Within the next four years. I'm hoping years, we I'm can sure. just deep fake me at yeah, this point. We'll get there. And I just won't even need to be, you know, involved anymore. We'll get there. Like, it's pretty much, you know, I've said enough things. We should have enough video footage of me. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm kind of not, though. Like, AI is getting pretty pretty freaky now. Oh, yeah. No, no. It it's, it's, it's terrifying, especially with some <laughs> for somebody that has just a lot of YouTube comment out co- content out there. Yeah. Like, the, oh, like, I absolutely have no video content to oh, be yeah, deep faked no. into oblivion. Absolutely. Like, no. It's kind of crazy. We're screwed. Yep. Yep. But anyway, so I just got to keep making new, th- got to keep doing new things, I guess. Why the um, heck not? Yeah. No, but all that to say, like, I think, you know, for, for my own, like, ego legacy sake, I really don't care. Like, I just want to, I just want to, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, strikingly regular person. I'm not some business tycoon where I'm like, oh, whatever, build something. I'm like, look, I'm just trying to raise my family and just make it and just make it to the end like everybody else in the least chaotic way possible. Uh, but I, I just am grateful to found something I enjoy doing. But I'm also like, okay, what we have 
stumbled into here is something kind of special and cool with this business. I really have found value in what we've kind of built up and what our team has done and just where we are in the fountain pen world. This is really cool. If this continues to be of great value in the pen community, yeah, I would love to keep that going as long as possible beyond me. You know, I plan on working in it for quite some time, but if that's going to shift over time and we got to get other people involved, I'm totally on board with that happening. But I'm just not trying to force it prematurely because I just love doing this and I plan to do it for a while. I hope you do. Yeah. All right. There we have it. That is the Q and the A for today. Yes. But now we got a hypothetical question. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and skip the pen spotlight this week because this is a fun and beefy hypothetical. Yeah, indeed. Let's get to it. All right. Michael W. sent this to us. Michael W. Okay. Michael says, Brian and Drew, suppose... You lost your entire pen collection, but you are magically able to acquire the fountain pen catalog of one brand. Which brand would you choose? And then he says, qualifiers for Brian. I appreciate that. Number one, you will acquire all past pens and will be presented with all of the new releases. But these are the only pens you are ever allowed to own. So you're talking literally the entire catalog the back catalog and everything, the future catalog. Everything that will has ever yes. been made is being made and will ever be made. Yes. From this whole brand. Mm-hmm. What if the brand has changed names? It's the same brand, but for whatever reason, they've changed their name over that period of time. Same company, but name has changed maybe? That's a different brand. It's a different brand? It's a literal different branding, isn't it? <sighs> okay. That's the definition of branding. I guess you're right. Yeah. You're kind of right about that. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Qualifier okay. two. The pens can be customized, such as smoothed, tuned, reground, but parts cannot be swapped. Hmm. Qualifier three. You are still allowed to acquire any new inks you might want. Okay. And finally, qualifier number four. Namiki is an independent brand under the Pilot Corporation, so Pilot does not encompass Namiki. Same thing with like Monteverde, Conklin, whatever. Yeah. Like... You know, Mayora, Natuno. Yeah. Even if it's the same manufacturer, the brand, the brand, it's really about the brand. Yep. It's the brand name. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Yep. This was tough for me because I, I, there's, there are brands that I like aesthetically and then there are brands that I like practically. Mm-hmm. Like practically, it's got to be Pilot. Pilot makes the, like, the best pens across. Such a wide variety. You know, you've well, got I've been around for over a hundred years. You've got you've got like good, you know, ten dollar pen and then you've got a good ten thousand dollar pen, right? I mean, no other brand does that. So that was where my brain first went. Mm. But then I'm like, those Monte Grappa pens. Like I could have the chaos, I could have the pirate, Gosh, the Batman. Done so many limits. You could have and... think think of Giuseppe Aquila's wall. You could have all of that. Right? All the bespoke pens they've ever done? What about that? All of it. The Lord of the Rings. Oh, the man. Queen. The new Bond pen. Oh, my God. Like, Monograph has been around for a minute, too. I know. So it's tough. It's tough. And then there's Namiki. Like, these are just oh, pieces of art. Like, uh. I know, right? And then that would include your Emperor Moonlight. Mm. Right? Mm. I know. Mm. <laughs> Wouldn't include the pilot. The, the, cap, the captain here is going to just say grunts with mm. approval. Mm. <laughs> Positive grunting continues. Oh, man. 
This is a tough question. This is a tough question. Uh, this is a good one. I really All right, so let's like talk this. it through. Let's talk it through. Let's narrow it. Let's narrow it down. Uh, let's yeah. narrow it down, and then we'll come to a, a final thing. And like I glanced at this question ahead of time, but I did not like. I'm kind of coming up with this on the fly. So. Yeah. Oh, I don't have so an tough. answer yet. I really don't. Okay. Um, so, all right. What, why wouldn't it be Namiki? Because my first thought was you would want Namiki. Namiki is... All the, all the seven gods. Absolutely a contender. You'd have all the seven um, gods. The seven gods were branded under pilot because it was the pilot. Oh, were they? Anniversary. Oh, okay. You would not have pilot. You wouldn't get okay, the seven Okay, well, here gods. we go. If you chose pilot then... You would, you would get get the seven you guts. Get some which is, Mickey yeah, flavor. There we go. That's yeah. like a, that's like a little you know kind of. But see, it pilot. In there. It was not called pilot from the very beginning. I can't remember when they separated out, but it was like you don't go back a hundred years and get pilot. Mm. Like it's one company, and they had the pilot hundredth anniversary. But it was Namiki starting out, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I don't see. I just I'm not as familiar with like the super old back catalog. And you know, pilot Ma- uh, Mont Blanc has a lot of crazy limited editions too. Oh man, Mont Blanc has done a ton of stuff, and that goes back a long way. Ooh, Pelican, way. Pelican goes back a ways. They've done a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you could like Schaefer, Pel- Pelican, Schaefer, Conklin, Waterman, Parker. Like these brands all go back well over a hundred years. You know what? I'm gonna the as you're saying like that, the future of those is maybe not as as you're exciting. saying that you're solidifying my stance on Montegrappa because really you're I'm I'm thinking of all of the past pelicans and all of the past shapers and stuff. There's just they're not different enough. They're not different enough. Hmm. Montegrappa, there's just there's no consistency like at all. It's wild. I'm the, see, I'm not as familiar with like old Montegrappa. Neither like, am I. But like, all we're familiar with is Giuseppe's stuff. But which is all stuff, radical, which is an unbelievable. Catalog. That that that's all I care about. Like the other and stuff, future too. Exactly. Oh, the other man. stuff pre Giuseppe, like, would just be an added bonus. This is so tough. I'm gonna go Montegrappa. This is so tough because Mont- you get the yeah Montegrappa all the way, and all dude. Okay. You, all releases, which includes the solid gold chaos that's worth sixty grand. But okay, so this wasn't a qualifier. But I'm assuming you can't like sell these. You no. have to keep them. Like you, you don't because I mean, I would say I would say no, no, no. You can't sell them because there have been like you know Mont Blancs and I think Aurora actually made like the one that was worth like two million dollars yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah, you could have some. I mean, honestly, Namiki, good lord. Yeah, if you had their whole back catalog, you're talking. Millions and millions of dollars. So it's like, yeah, I could just choose that and then like sell them and get whatever yeah, I mean, else I want. You know, that, but, yeah, yeah. That. So I think that's an assumed. No, 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 you couldn't sell them and get. It's assumed other, you qualifier. Couldn't, you couldn't sell them and get other pens, though. These are all the pens you're ever allowed to. Own. Yes, but I could sell it and buy, you know, a yacht. Yes, you could. You could. <laughs> I don't want a yacht. Yeah. Um. But okay. Okay. So you got it. You got to keep whatever. You I can't mean, sell I it. think I. The, uh, Michael did not clarify, but I think just to make the question, I would make that assumption. To make yeah, to make the question about the pens. Yeah. Uh, let's let's go ahead and say you can't sell them. Yeah, I mean Mont Blanc has done a lot of really crazy stuff too. They have a lot of licensed pens, yeah. Hmm. But again, there there are so many pens that just kind of look the same with them. They're the regular yeah, editions, yeah. but even Montegrappa's regular editions still ha- like are all over the place. They've done some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Montegrappa for me. I want that pirate pen. Give it to me. <sighs> all right, let me ask you why why not Namiki. Honestly, for me, it's kind of a toss-up between Namiki and Pilot. Yeah. Oh, man, this is so tough. Mm. 
see like even just like the vanishing point right like it was originally the namiki capitalist mm-hmm. so like if you don't get the vanishing point it wasn't the pilot capitalist? you get it no oh, it was the namiki capitalist okay. mm. and then i don't know if they both brands will it. you'll you'll get you'll get a falcon either way mm-hmm. you'll get some falcons what if the company so there are some there are some I brands. I can see you smiling. Don't 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 try to well, bob I'm, and I'm weave. I'm finding some loopholes. I can see your face. I because know what you're doing. Because there are some brand like Namiki Pilot type thing where they're like uh, the Falcon. The Falcon changed. I just said that. Names. Yeah, you're gonna get a Falcon or like way. they sell it under one brand in some parts of the world, but other brand in the other parts of the world. That's so fine. you would get you'll get multiple Falcons. So you could get some of the brand like you can, but seriously, you get like a little hack between something like a, a Pilot bit. and a Miki. There's thing. a little crossover, but you're talking Namiki and Pilot. You're still gonna get two completely different libraries. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh man, come on, Brian. New Moon Moon Town Night. Moon. I, I might I might have to go Namiki. Just like nighttime moonlight. You make a strong argument for Monograppa. They've done some cool stuff. Just the variety, man. They've done some cool stuff. Oh. But it's but it's a whole different level of craftsmanship. It's a whole different type of craftsmanship. They're like Namiki. sculptures. They are Namiki. They are, Namiki. but it's more like metalworking as opposed uh, to No, you'd also get the crazy paintings ah, you do get the crazy paintings like, and the like, jewel dude stuff the, the, and... the artistry like you've seen how know, fine they will paint the mona freaking lisa on mm. these things yeah that looks exactly like the real thing the the craftsmen at that company are like some of the finest in the world yeah well freaking to man I, like they right, are the finest true, in the world th- at one thing at Machia. At a couple things. Their okay. nibs are fantastic. The like nibs the are... variety of nibs you get yeah. and all that kind of stuff too. Like, yeah, okay. They've done some crazy. They got the like, nibs. All right, like Arby got the, Arby's got the meat. Pilot got the I nibs. Mean, I'll Sailor, say that. Sailor too, if you want to talk nibs, the nib options historically with Sailor blow everybody else sure, out and, of the and water. Sure, and you, you're going to get a ton of pens with Sailor, but I they're all like, going to be like three shapes. So the variety of pens is not as great with Sailor, but no. in terms of writing... In terms of you're like not gonna write with all these. Are you kidding me? I'm gonna write with everything. What are you talking about, man? I got, oh my know, god! No. Oh my gosh! How many future like sailors? I mean, they're sipping on so many pens. You would. You'd need to you buy a storage drown. unit. You'd just yeah. drown in pens. Yeah, you need to buy several storage units. Gosh, how many pens are we talking about with each of these brands? You're talking thousands, like thousands, maybe over a hundred years. How many have they done on on display? The Montegrappa collection will look way more like that if you put it all in a museum. The Montegrappa collection, you'll be able to just walk past there looking at all the glass, you know, cases and be like, wow, look at that one. Look at that one. Namiki eventually like you know, black pen with black pen with art, black pen with art, black pen with art. It's beautiful. Yes. I think you're underselling. But Namiki. I'm 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 tell you, I'm, I'm digging in. The more I speak, the more I'm entrenching myself in my beliefs. You're digging in uh, while I appreciate it, it's kind of making me uh, kind of making me dig in a different way. I don't know. All right. I see Contrarian. What- yeah, I kind of just like uh-huh. being a little bit anti, <laughs> anti whatever. You've seen you. We've been I'm, to Montegrappa. I'm, I'm the kind where somebody like the more I hear that a movie's hyped up, I'm like, I don't really want to see that anymore. No, it, like, that happens to me. Too. Everybody loves that. I'm like, I'm but, just not interested. But the, we've in we've gone to we've seen uh, Montegrappa's headquarters. Remember that that room that he has that is kind of a museum. Like, oh yeah, of course, of where Stallone was there in the back right hand corner. Oh yeah, just chilling. Uh, not like, a picture. He, Stallone was actually there. <laughs> He's just a fixture. Frozen there. in carbonite. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like that was the just visually, like instantly. You don't have to look at any details to say mm-hmm. like that's a pirate pen. That's a dragon pen. Like it's just right there, boom in your face. Yeah. There's no doubt. This is a tough question. All right. What do you you gotta say you gotta question. say something? Where are you going? 
I'm gonna I, go to I'm gonna go to Miki. Miki. I'm gonna go to Miki. That is not. That's just such a great. There's so many. Well, you've said before that that great em, that, bands the, have done. the uh, Nightline Moon Nightlight. I've said it wrong so many times the on Emperor purpose. Night. Nightline Moon Time. Nighttime Moonlight. Night. Oh my gosh! I'm like <laughs> Moontime Night Light. It's like when I was in marching band and I had to think about like which hand goes with which leg. Nightline Moonlight. Nightline Moonlight. Yes, that's that's what it is. <laughs> Moonlight Night. Nighttime Moonlight. What? Moontime Nightlife. I've screwed it up so much. Uh, that you have said that is the one pen. That's my Grail pen. It yeah. is your Grail that's pen. That's my Grail. Yeah. Pen. So this would get you your Grail pen. It would give me my Grail pen. So, it would give me a. A lot of other great pens too. You'd have the Mu, the Murex, the M90, all those. It is. I will say it's. Wait, so no, no, you wouldn't because that's Pilot. Never mind. You're going to Miki. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. there's there's a, but there's a lot of great pens that have like they've kind of branded under both. So I would get a pretty good mix of things. Um, yeah, I would. Oh, the Miki is a pretty solid. It is pretty solid. Answer. It absolutely is. I thought that that would be your go-to. I think yeah. it would be between Pilot and Miki. It's tough because I've been to Monograppa. I've seen how they make those things. I'm telling you. I can appreciate it. I haven't mm. been to Namiki, but I guarantee you, if I went to Namiki, I would probably yeah. appreciate. I mean, you, when you were in, when you were in Japan, you did see that um, that woodworker there. Um, oh yeah, and that just like yeah, there was like a marquetry like woodworking guy that who melted made, your who brain. Made puzzle you, boxes. You bought like three things of his. I've I deeply fell in love. Yeah, so with that the I will say the dedication and the degree to which they. I mean, literally like. They have Namiki like artisans there who are like treasured by Japan. They're like officially like yeah. by the emperor, like considered treasured artisans. Yeah. Like they so deeply appreciate that craft. Yeah. Like I can, I like, I connect with that on a, on a, on an artisanal very level, specific level. Yeah. yeah. And appreciate that level of like dedication to it. Not to undermine anybody, any other type of craftsmanship. Cause like, what they have going on in Monograppa is like equally cool, but in a very different way. Mm-hmm. So I can I can make a strong argument for either, but I'm, I think I'm going to go to Miki. All right, yeah, just just edges it out just a little bit. For there me. we have, and that is your writing prompt for oh, this week. Because so, oh, that so is a tough. that is a beefy. Yeah, Michael, so you nailed tough. it with this one. This is a very good hypothetical. Yeah, there's a lot of good brands. There's a lot of good yeah. brands. But there you go. All right, I'm like now tired we're sufficiently exhausted. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, so at the end of this Q and A, we just wanted to remind you if you wanted to shoot us an email with a question for the Q and A, you can do so at pencast at Pens. Dot com. We had traditionally started saying that at the very end of our uh, pencast and realized that realized like, only the most insane of you are still remaining after that. So pop it in here a little earlier now. I wouldn't say insane. I would say dedicated. Well, I happen to value and cherish insanity. So well, there you go. Yeah, y'all know that. Cool. All right. Now that we got all the important pen stuff out of the way, let's talk nonsense with what's happening. What's all right. Happening? What's happening um, in your life? Well, my wife. Shannon had another show. This two weekends in a row. Wow! She had a show. This was like a just a Valentine's Day little um, concert with uh, her and her friend Josh, who's the uh, pianist. So oh, yeah, they, Valentine's Day is creeping up. They both um, up sang some songs, um, and it was lovely. They actually had rather than it being everybody seated in the theater, everybody mm-hmm. was up on the stage at tables with tablecloths and roses, yeah. and they had refreshments. So it was kind of like a very different vibe. And you know, she she and Josh were right there. Uh, doing their thing. So pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Other than the fact that um, the you know um, featured singer's husband was the 
very last person in, and everybody was looking at him, dragging his son through the 100% sold out event and trying to find a seat. It's like sitcom worthy right there. And my my mom, my aunt, my grandmother, they were all over there like, hi. They didn't, I couldn't sit next to them. So I'm just like, "Mm." (laughs) and this is the second time I've been like late. So of course, and everybody knows me. So the director's telling Shane like, oh, Drew was late again. He was was the last one again. Oh, come on. Tattling on you? Oh, absolutely. She did. And yeah. So anyway. She had a kid with you. That's, I feel like that's a free pass. I tried to blame him both times and I think the director's on to me now. So she wasn't having it. I was going to say, do you ever like blame your kid? Like, oh, absolutely. Well, well, it kind of was his fault, but I, I, I also knew that it would happen. So I could have gotten an earlier start. I was 100% prepared, but uh, yeah, yeah. didn't prepare. Anyway, did that. That was great. Um, and uh, yeah, she might have another one coming up if Today's audition goes well. We'll wow. see. All right. Um, but we did that, and uh, that was Sunday. Saturday, uh, we just kind of ran some errands. We actually needed to split up because we knew that show day, Sunday, was going to be gone. So mm-hmm. we split up on our errand running on Saturday. I went to some places. She went to some places. I took all three dogs to get their nails trimmed. Our, our groomer does walk-ins. Okay. Um, and all three of them is just, man. I've just realized how completely undisciplined they are, and it's my fault oh, gosh. because I get one of them out of the car, and he's just just bolting everywhere on the leash. I'm just like, you know, <laughs> hang on, trying to get the other one under my arm. Archer's got the leashes on his hand. I'm trying to, all right, give me give me the other one. No, give me give me that one. All right, now give me the third one. And it was just a mess. Like wow. I'm I'm not going to do that again. So yeah, we did that. Uh, I watched um, Wakanda Forever, the um, newest Black Panther movie. Okay. It was pretty solid. Yeah. You know? It was sad because the actor who played Black Panther died, so mm-hmm. they had to kind of figure out how to yeah, navigate that. Tough. All that's things tough. considered, though, it was very good for you know mm. the main actor having you know been deceased and them figuring yeah. out something there. So I watched that. It was nice to just kind of sit down, chill. I always I take the love sack and bring it to the middle of the the floor and like four feet in front of the TV and just. <laughs> you know, like I've, like it, it kind of simulates a big screen effect for nice, me. Nice. So that was nice. Um, and then uh, this coming weekend, we're having my son's ninth birthday Whoa. party. So he's going to have a little party at the trampoline park. We've got his friends being invited there. So that'll happen. Um, got to wrap his presents and just kind of, uh, you know, order the cupcakes, all that stuff. Yeah. Nothing too involved. I don't think that. Yeah. Anything is going to catch me off guard, but we do need to do some light prep for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we bought the tickets for the trampoline park, it did have a little space that says, do you want to buy an extra ticket for an adult jumper? And I said, yes. So I'm going to be. Are you that adult? Jumper? I am that adult jumper. All right. So I'm going to be doing have you, that. Have you done that before? Or is this like the first time? I I did it early, like years and years before Archer. Okay. Um, oh. So. But yeah, I'm gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be a different experience. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna get one of those dodgeballs and just gonna yeah wish him happy birthday upside the head. There you go. That's right. Yeah, I'm sure I'll appreciate that. Merciless. Yeah. No, um, but there's a the, the one over in the West End is uh, they have like an obstacle course there, like a Ninja Warrior sort of thing. Oh wow! So I'm gonna get up all on that. All right. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Yeah, I'm gonna hurt myself. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. Hundred percent. I will get tired after ten minutes. Yeah, I did it last time, and I was like, I think the smallest. Like I just did it like over my lunch break one day. I was like, I'm curious just to try this thing by out. yourself. No, oh, oh. Sam and I went. And oh, did okay. It. I was just like curious, and he was like, I'll try it. So I was like, What's the what's the smallest amount of time mm-hmm. you can pay for? Is like 30 minutes or something? And I was like, 
30 minutes. I was like, that's it, you know, whatever. And then I, I think I jumped for two minutes and I was like, <laughs> I think I'm done. <laughs> yes. Like, this is like surprisingly yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah, as an adult. I've been trying trampolines. to work out with my, um, with my meta quest and um, mm. I downloaded a game called, uh, it's the, um, the New Zealand uh, Les Mills body combat. It's like a kickboxing sort of deal. So I'm just- You're prompting that like it's, I should know I, I know, I'm just, you. I'm, I'm just literally I'm just never heard of this you know, at all. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, you know, it's a brand. Okay. But I, I, I did like a, I clicked on the eight minute workout, you know, just yeah. like, you know, some uppercuts, some cross, some okay. hooks, some jabs. Eight minutes is a long time, right? Most of them are like 20 minutes. Oh my gosh. I wanted a short one. Okay. Uh, I completed three minutes and 50 seconds before I was completely exhausted. Wow. Laid on the floor. Yeah. Like just useless second okay. junk. I have since done the full eight minutes, but I'm just like. It helps if you breathe while you do it though. Yes. <laughs> I, it's so hard for me to do that. <laughs> I have to be so conscious about yeah. breathing. Every punch I have to go like. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's so hard for me. I, I took a Muay Thai class one time, like a demo class. Yeah. And the instructor was like getting so frustrated with me because I would not breathe. Wow. I cannot, like if I'm concentrating, I'm just like, I close off everything. Wow. Don't breathe. That's why I get hiccups when I'm in the shower because I'm like too <laughs> concentrating too hard on like cleansing myself. I get out of the shower and I'm hiccuping because I was not breathing. While showering. Yeah, stupid. I just forget to breathe. There's literally something called the shower principle where you like have ideas in the shower because you are so not using your brain. I guess I use too much of it. I don't know. I just, I, I'm broken. You're a special bird, Drew. I know. Um, So another thing I'm doing is I, I, I have too many rabbit holes, Brian. I have too many hobbies. I have, I I, I have a little savings. I can't resonate with that at all. I have a savings app, right? Um, It's called Digit. It like, you can, you can set a, uh, a time where I want like, Hey, I want to save $300 by June, 2024. Okay. And then eventually it'll just take a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, it just kind of like and then steals it out of your pocket. Which, 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 which I'm doing. I wanted a pair of Red Wing boots. I told you this. Um, yeah? So okay. those are like $350. But yeah. over months and months and months and months, I've you know saved yeah. up just about enough for those. Nice. So did that. But then I'm also like, ooh, I want this stupid thing. And I want this stupid thing and this stupid thing. So I've got like way too many of these goals happening. Mm. Um, yesterday, I was researching telescopes because I, I want a telescope now. Okay. Uh, I just... Spent hours late last night researching the difference between Newtonian and uh, Bob, Bob. Oh golly, what is the other one? Um, Bob, 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 Bosn, Bosn, not Bosnian. Golly, I don't know. <laughs> oh man, but now nah, sure. I'm like, I want, I want. You do more research, now. I guess. Yeah, uh, bon, Bonsonian. I don't know. Uh, hmm. But uh, what the heck? I'm just melting my brain. I feel like telescopes telescopes can get pretty expensive. They they can. Um but it's kind of like fountain pens where you can start off with a cheapo one and then mm-hmm. kind of say like I'm going to try this one and then kind of ramp up right. or you can just say I'm going to buy an 823 and then that's going to be my pen. Right. And I'm thinking that's what I'm going to do. Like buy just, once cry once, you know. It, pretty much. And yeah. cuz I don't want to like not be able to see good stuff and right kind of get discouraged from the hobby i'd rather mm. just like drop a couple hundred dollars on a on a semi-decent Don't one you find it's like a similar pattern to whatever hobby you get into like since we like do this and talk about it so much with fountain pens i find that like anything else i get into i'm like oh okay yep see i know the i know the pattern i know the progression i can look out for it like whether it's you know like when i got into welding 
It was the exact same kind of thing. It's like, okay, I can buy like a cheap welder and then get into it, but then you're gonna end up with like five different welders, you know, and try all these different things. I'm gonna be frustrated and discouraged. And whereas if I buy something that's nicer, it's gonna compensate for my lack of skill and all these types of things. It's like, I pretty much know the pattern at this point to the point where like, if I'm trying to get into a hobby, I will specifically like, just as soon as I recognize like, oh, this is a, oh, is that pattern? Is that rabbit hole thing? Okay, nope, I'm just gonna, just forget it. No, no. I'm, just, I'm not willing to go down that I'm always path willing, for this one. <laughs> always willing. It's Dobsonian is what I was thinking of. Dobsonian. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I, I, I'm just I I went on I've been on the telescope subreddit now just trying to find oh, beginners. Guy. I know. I know. It's a mess. And then on top of that, movie posters. I've decided that I know Brian. I'm I'm a mess. I'm a, such a mess. I was like, you remember Thirty Rock? My name's Jerem. I collect posters. That's, right. That's going to be me. I'm going to be Jerem. <laughs> That's not that much cheese. <laughs> That's right. Um, so I, I have three oh, wow. Star Wars posters. I'm a big fan of Drew Struzan, the, the poster artist. He okay. did like all the best movie posters oh, in the 80s. Oh, yeah, Drew Struzan, love the poster artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love him, love him. Definitely know who that is. Okay, I've had, I've had the, the, the posters I've had in my office are both Struzans. Okay. I have Hellboy and Muppet Treasure Island. Yes, anyway. I've seen these things. There you go. And I have a book, too. I can show you a book. I've okay. got two books. Yeah. You anyway, I've got three Star Wars Struzan posters from the 1997 special edition. Okay. I want to take those down mm-hmm. and I want to um, build using wood. Oh, boy. You don't even own a saw. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I need a Craig jig. Craig. Craig is a brand. Craig. I need one of those. Pocket jig, Craig. Craig pocket a hole. Pocket hole jig? Pocket hole jig. Yes. I have one I can loan. I have one I can loan you. I'm not there yet. I'll let you know. I have a spare one. I'll let you know. That you can just probably have. I'll let I you know. So I need multiple. to build. I need to build two frames, right? Okay. Um, line them with HVAC reflector. You know that that aluminum tape. Yeah, that stuff. And then a bunch of LED strips. Okay. And then put a poster frame in the front of them. I have light boxes, like light up poster frames, like you would see on the outside of movie theaters. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Now yeah. the downside is that the the frame you need on the front the movie poster frame mm. needs to have a door on it or like you need to un- be able to unclip it and put load your posters from the front so you can alternate them because that's what i wanted to do i wanted to buy new posters and alternate okay. them okay. Like maybe seasonal posters put some christmas movies up and I mean, there's an awful lot of like failing movie theaters you might be able to like buy one they're not somebody. cheap like yeah, it, oh, i like, can imagine the, the good posters because they need to be double-sided posters they need to be one sheet size which is like 27 by 40 which are larger than the posters you would buy at, you know, Target or whatever. Sure. Um, and they need to be double-sided, so not white on one side. <laughs> it's the same exact image printed in a, in a mirror image on the other side so that light can pass through it. Wow. So those are okay. also harder to find because you need to buy the ones that are actually used. I didn't realize that they did it that way. Well, I spent a lot of time looking it up, Brian. <laughs> That's and there's my... like forums and stuff that have this. Oh, yeah. On there. Oh, yeah. It's wow. a thing. There's something for everybody. And then... I haven't bought a coin in a while, so I want to do that. I'm oh, also saving geez. up for a uh, another a retro game that I've been having a hard time buying because it's obscenely expensive, and I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm spending my money on it, except for you all. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm, <laughs> except I'm, for the internet. I'm just having <laughs> wow. just a dilemma with my hobbies, I guess. That's a lot of that's a lot of yeah. Also, I have no experience woodworking at all, so like I I don't know what the heck is gonna how these things are gonna end up looking. But the but the frames themselves are like seventy to eighty dollars just for the poster frame, so I'm like, oh, do I really need to do that? And I talked to my wife about this, and she's just like, what, what, why do you need yeah. just? Oh, I'm very familiar with this interaction. 
so I don't know. Rachel man. doesn't understand pretty much any of my interests. Yeah. Except for like fixing stuff around the house. There's like a, <laughs> there's like a practical purpose to that. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't, but the way I see it, telescopes, if I can spend a couple hundred dollars and see Saturn, why wouldn't I do that? If I died tomorrow, I would be way more upset that I couldn't look through a hole and see planets than mm. I would saying like, oh, I never saw the Grand Canyon. Like, whatever. I don't know. I've seen. But if you can look at another planet in your driveway, why, 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 why shouldn't I should that do that? Cool. that right? Cool. It's accessible. It really is. I just need to buy a telescope. And planets are actually, from what I understand, easy to see even in light polluted areas. I love how much you're justifying this to me right now. <laughs> it's a life experience. I'm going to regret it. Life's too short, Brian. Look at planets. You can see pictures. Like they've got like telescopes. You can lay your eyes. Take... You can be on terra firma gazing into the stars and say, that is Jupiter. I see it right now. That is even cool. though the light that is, is actually cool. very old and I'm not actually seeing it right now, but you get the point. You're seeing what, like seven-year-old light or something like that? Uh, from Jupiter, I don't think it's... I don't know. I don't think it's seven light years away. No, that can't be. Because the Earth is like eight minutes away from the sun. Yeah, I don't think it's that. I don't, I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, no. Now stars, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Either way, I don't know. This is, they're pretty far. They're definitely far. Yeah, Jupiter and Saturn and all that—they're pretty far from Earth. Anyway, I'm a mess. At the end, what wow. do you got going on? Oh well, I feel very put together now. Thanks for sharing <laughs> all that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I've been. I've, I've. I've sort of settled into a few of my. My hobbies and interests, and I'm sort of like doing them. Chess and wood. I've been doing some chess, a little more, a little more digital chess right now with uh, some bots. Mm. I like playing against bots because I can beat them easily. Nice. And feel good about myself. Nice. <laughs> well, and bots like they're super responsive, so I can just like play games very quickly. Quickly, yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> like I love playing chess with my family, but it's 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 still like i'm trying to teach i'm trying not to you know i'm still a little bit in that like convincing phase where it's like this is something fun that you want to keep doing so i don't want to just like don't want to scare them just, i just want to beat you as hard as i can and then probably make mistakes but also just like feel good about that but i can do that to a bot easily. yes so, absolutely um or get destroyed by bots too um chess.com had this one uh bot it was a cat called mittens and uh yeah, it was like a super, super strong bot, and it just destroyed me. And it like so they 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 created a personify a these AIs. Yeah, they do. Yeah, like you can play against you know um, what's her face from Queen's Gambit, Beth Harmon, and uh, yeah, they have other ones like you know the movie Megan with the AI mm -hmm. like doll. They have a Megan bot and stuff like that. There's all kinds of very interesting well, things. How do they... Never they have one that's a paperclip that's called Chippy. Oh, yeah. And oh, it's a clippy. And, yeah. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's interesting things. They have one called Chess GPT. Oh, you know? nice. So, like, they come up with clever things like that and, uh, you know, keep it fresh. Nice. Um, so, anyway, I've been doing some of that. Um, been playing lots of Bloons TD6. That is, like, my... A lot of what? Bloons TD6. TD6? Yeah. What does TD6, TD6 mean? Yeah, well, Tower Defense. Oh! Tower Defense is actually, like... Some other game has like copyright to that name, uh -huh. so they call it TD. So Bloons is a tower TD. defense game. Yeah, yeah. That's not the game I remember. Oh, it's it's evolved quite a bit. There's quite a story. Oh, I don't. When I when I first played, it was just a monkey that threw darts, and you'd like try to bounce them off certain things to hit all the balloons. I will have to show you this game, Drew. It will I don't want a tower mind. defense game. I want, I want the old monkey. Nah, Can you get know. monkey classic? I don't know. That's what I need. I don't know. But Button anyway. classic, man. I've been playing Bloons CD6 for what it's worth. Joseph's really into it. Yes. And him and I like totally nerd out about it. 
and I've been playing plenty of that. And that's that's like my that's my one thing where I'm like, there is no value to doing this other than that's those are the best hobbies. It's just entertaining. Um, I none of my hobbies have value. Like I don't have any useful hobbies. <laughs> I'm like you're talking about woodworking and stuff. Like I, no one would pay. Here, me. You got into like making. Uh, Halloween costume for your son. That's and you mm. do like Raspberry Pi stuff and make video game consoles and stuff that you've like shared with others. <sighs> that adds value okay. to the world slightly. But like, yeah, sitting down and watching a movie that you just you enjoy, like nobody else is nah, getting anything from that. That's the best. So though. like, but like, yeah, playing that game. That's just like my downtime. There's something special about being recharged during a completely useless hobby. I think it See, hits. I'm, it just it, hits different. I I. For whatever we, there's something in my brain that's broken <laughs> that doesn't allow me to get the same enjoyment doing that as I, would, I do. That's why you started with a like business. Just work. Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. It's you've got you've got that entrepreneurial yeah, bro- broken yeah. brain that uh, we're we, all benefiting from. So thank you. But yeah, uh, exactly. Like uh, lots of other people benefit. From I wouldn't my, want it. My overproductivity. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't want it. Yeah. It's frightening to even hear about sometimes. And it doesn't come from pressure, like from anybody else. I don't feel like no. I owe it to anybody. It's literally just something inside me that it doesn't work right. I mean, congratulations <laughs> on surviving it for this long. I have a very productive form of mental whatever going mm-hmm. on uh, that is unusual and also is exhausting. Because yeah. I've expressed, <laughs> expressed it. You're like, Brian, you look tired. I'm like, Drew, I work all the time. And then you describe it to me, and then I'm tired. <laughs> and then you're tired. Yes. And you just see the life force draining yes. out of you. And I'm like, oh, I feel a little bit better now knowing <laughs> you that like, you've infected it is objectively me. <laughs> ridiculous how much I work. Because like literally like... <laughs> Last night, just as an example. So like we had uh, a supplier of ours come and visit us. So we did that whole thing. Even in the downtime, like while we're kind of visiting, I'm answering emails, I'm doing things, I'm taking questions from folks. We go out to dinner. I brought dinner home like immediately after we had dinner. I was then like, oh, I got to bring dinner home for the kids or whatever. So because Rachel had worked all day. I was like, I'll bring dinner home. While we're like having dinner together, I'm like, prepping my notes for the pen cast mm. and then I'm working on pulling, you know, data numbers, all this kind of stuff, trying to work, get ahead, you know, updating click up all these things like 10 o'clock rolls around. And I'm like, all right, cool. Workday is done. Time to go out to the workshop now. Oh my God. <laughs> so Rachel's like almost passed out. Like I just, I'm then. getting tired. And like, I go out to the workshop and I'm like, you know, like stuff. My, 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 I'm physically exhausted listening to that. Yeah. But I'm like, I get fired up. Like as soon as I change, like, oh, it's workshop time now. Like I get another, I get another win. It's like changing like shifts. So I'm like, okay, cool. I, I like, I'm good I, for another couple of hours. Do you, like, do doing you, remember, something in, else. Do you remember in Hook when the Lost Boys like suited up with like they walk through like the spider web with yeah. all the bamboo armor? That's what I picture you doing. Like that's not after, a bad metaphor for kind after, of what I after, do. After a hard day, you're like, all right, I need to know how to relax, and you go like walk through that and all of a sudden you're in your like wood shop gear you walk through it and it's all just like it's strapped on i do keep like changes of clothes in the garage <laughs> and then you're like all right for, ready like, for battle yeah i have like muddy boots like especially like doing the outside stuff that i do i have a whole change of clothes like i can't walk in the house with like either sawdust or mud or whatever the heck that i've got going on so yeah i i will often change in my garage before i yeah. go into the house yeah like some sort of I rotating thing where you like you know, plaid shirt Brian goes in and then it spins around and there other Brian walks out. That's right. No, we need to work on a that. Cleaner plaid shirt, Brian. <laughs> Different plaid shirt. <laughs> no, just a clean plaid shirt. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm sort of, I guess we're sort of transitioning to what I'm doing, right? Um, I don't want to take, I just want to make sure you got everything done that you were going to say. We've been with you. We have? Yeah. I haven't really talked about my stuff yet. We just, we sort of talked about hobbies and we transitioned. But, oh, no, no. Um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> 
We talk, we've um, been talking about chess, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've been doing some of that, but um, that wasn't one of my bullet points. Oh, too. God. All right. Well, yeah. we're, we're... No, it's, I, I actually don't have as much to talk about. We had uh, Rachel's parents visited this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I didn't do as many crazy projects because I'm, like, trying to interact with humans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, though I will say, um, you know, Rachel's dad likes to do all kinds of stuff. And I, at this point, I basically have, like, a playground of all kinds of things, like, that people are like, why are you into all this stuff? You know, when everybody comes to visit, I'm like, you want to weld? You want to do like wood turning? You want to like go out and wood and chop trees down? Like we can, like we got a, all kinds. Like of, you want to like play chess? You want to do Rubik's cubes? Scout leader or something? I'm like we got all kinds of random things that you know come along the journey of between you know all the random stuff that I get into. Um, so yeah, he was really interested because I just taken I had taken some trees down recently. One of the trees that I took down was a cherry tree, which oh. most of the trees I have on my property are like crappy pines and hollies. Yeah, cherries, and I'm good like, wood. These are not really good. Yeah, so I had a cherry tree, and it was this disgusting looking tree because it had all these like weird growths on it and it was like Mm. starting to die and it was like getting to the point where it was like kind of like yeah i was like has that tree moved another foot because it was like kind of like and that's i've had several cherry trees that like as they age they just sort of like before they fall over so i was like before it like completely like rots out and dies i was like some of those weird disgusting looking growths that are on it I was like, I know. Uh oh. I know what's in those. Burl alert. The burls, yeah. Burl. So I got natural burls on this cherry tree. And I was like, that's going to make for some good wood turning. Like I have time. But so I like cut all these things down, chopped them up. You know, I just like painted the ends of them so they don't dry out too quickly and split apart because then they're useless. So you got to keep them kind of green if you're going to do turning. And uh, I just been kind of saving them. So like her parents were visiting. Her, her mother got really excited about something she saw on Pinterest, like making doll clothes. Like Ellie's got all these like whatever LOL dolls and whatever larger version of LOL dolls. I don't remember what they're called. LMFAO dolls or something, but whatever. <laughs> um, that's not it. Um, <laughs> it's called something else that's equally clever. Um, and uh, yeah, like. Rachel's mother is pretty crafty and she did a lot of like sewing and stuff. Like she made a lot of dresses and stuff for Rachel and her sister when they were growing up. Um, but uh, yeah, she, I guess she saw something where she, you could like either use materials that were like pretty easy, like very no sew or no glue or like very limited sewing um, to make like dresses and stuff out of either like socks or gloves or just other interesting, you know, things with patterns on them. So they like went to the craft store and like got some materials and they just had a blast. Like, and it's like for Rachel's mother, like, sitting down like with her granddaughter doing craft stuff together oh, yeah. was like everything she could want in life so she was loving it ellie was having a great time joseph was doing his thing yeah playing with lego stuff and and having a blast and uh me and rachel's dad we uh we went out to the workshop and he was like expressed interest in wood turning like was really curious to see like how these burls would turn out and all that kind of stuff and i was like wood turning is something that is like is a bit of an indulgence because it's like you're not often turning something where you're like, oh, I really, I really need a bowl. Like right. you got bowls everywhere. Like yeah. it's really an artisanal kind of a thing that you're just like, well, I'm just going to make this kind of thing because I feel like making it. And again, this is my broken brain. That's like, yeah, I need somewhat of a more practical purpose for most things. Um, but, you know, it was like, okay, well, like he really wants to do it. This is good like time that he and I can spend together. Plus I really like doing that. I just don't do it as often as I you know would otherwise. Um, cause I'm like, I need to take trees down or whatever. Um, so we did that. We did a lot of wood turning this weekend, which felt really good cause I haven't done that enough. And I was reminded of that. So we took this like really gnarly and I'm, we'll show the pictures over here, but I got to show you just for context. Did you, did you do any of that cherry burl? Pictures. 
Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. That's so exactly you, what we did. So you cut into the burl. You got to see the. We did. Uh, yep. Ooh, so you got to see is, the good stuff. This is what it looks like. Okay, that's not pretty. Which looks disgusting, mm-hmm. right? And um, and then as we started to turn, so this is just rough turning. This isn't the final thing, but you can see just oh, like yeah. what the grain pattern like oh, yeah. starts to look like in there. And the grain is going every which way. Oh, There's yeah. bark in there. And this was like at the point where like the branches were kind of splitting off, which is called the crotch mm-hmm. of the tree, which already gets really interesting looking pattern but then it was a burl that was like growing within the crotch mm-hmm. which makes it really difficult to work with from a woodworking standpoint because as it dries the thing just wants to explode like the the pressures and stuff that are happening inside of there oh, yeah. are pulling in every which direction so we had to be like pretty intentional about how we turn this thing and even just like controlling the moisture release because it's like trees are incredibly wet when you first cut them down, like literally like water can be pouring out of the tree because, you know, it's like the root system is working the capillary action of getting it to all the, you know, the the, the extended parts of the tree. But pouring out? Yeah, it can not, literally not dripping? be- No, pouring, it can be pouring out of there. Certain trees, yeah, yeah. And, and part of the reason I take more trees down in the wintertime is because it's less, it's less of that. There's not as much sap. Oh. So, but like the sap rising in the spring, like it's to the point where like I'll be cutting it with a chainsaw and I'm literally like soaked through my clothes because so much moisture is just spinning off and hitting me and stuff Jeez. like that. So it's not as bad this time of year, but like the, so the wood is like basically is like soaking wet. Yeah. So you, that, that actually makes it really easy for wood turning. It's called green wood turning. Yeah. So you do that, you rough it out and then you let it dry. And then once it's dried after a month or two, you then you know, kind of turn it some more because it'll like warp and shift a little bit. Oh, really? It dries. Oh, this yeah. a, so this is a long project. It's, it's a process. Dang. It's a process. But it was like, I was like, this kind of makes sense because like we only, you know, sometimes we'll go visit her parents. Sometimes they'll come down. So they might come down once every few months anyway. So I'm like, oh, we can like start on this together, let it dry. And the next time he comes down, it'll be dry again go. and we can like do it again. So like he's pretty excited about having this like, you know, it's like maybe like a 10 inch what are you going to make out it's of it? All, it's like a vase. Oh, you know, cool. Like a small like vessel vase type thing. Nice. It will mostly be kind of an art piece, but they could put some like dry flowers or something in it, you know. Yeah. And we also made one that was like more from like a branch type thing. It's going to be like a small like bud vase, you know, so small, just like for a single flower. Or yeah, like I that. like those. We have one of those yeah. little vases um, at home. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we actually, it's, it comes in handy to have something for just one flower. Yeah. I, I sometimes try cool. to use it for uh, propagating plants, mm-hmm. like cuttings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are handy. Yeah. And I did some like slow-mo footage of the turning, which is pretty cool, you know, so you can see like. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like the chips are kind of oh, that's so cool. off. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's a big you chunk of wood. Kind of shit. That, that was a big one. Yeah. yeah. That was probably like a 12-inch log. Dang. So, yeah. But it was just, you know, just having a good time. Just throwing some stuff on there. Man, it makes a huge mess. Wood turning is fun. And it's and it smells like it's it's a cherry tree and you it like it's just in the air and it's like oh yeah this nice is, this is cool that is cool and part of the reason we did that was just so freaking cold on Saturday mm-hmm. like and we're in Central Virginia it's not that cold not like the rest of the country it was a little but windy like, too though it was cold and windy and yeah. I was like this is just not, not where I don't want to be outside doing yeah. a lot of work so we just we're in the workshop and had a yep. really good time um, so yeah just having a having a good time just really nice visit it was just a great weekend for that. You know, and then the work week starts and it's just go nuts all week. Having a blast. Yeah. It's already been a busy week. It has. It's only Tuesday as we're recording this. But it's fun. So, yeah, really great weekend. That's what I've been up to. Fantasmic. Yeah. All right. 
almost almost at the tail end of this thing. We got quick, quick company updates here. All right. My one main update here is that we now have, assuming we launch everything on time, uh, we now have FlexNibs. <gasps> Who's yeah. we? The Goulet Pen Company? Me. Yeah. The Goulet Pen Company has FlexNibs. I know. Oh, my God. Yes. That's amazing. This is me getting really giddy about <laughs> our FlexNibs. Calm down, bro. <laughs> if there was... <laughs> I was going to say, like, of all the videos, this is one where I'm like a total wet blanket where I didn't. I'm like, you don't see me being giddy in this video because I'm like, OK, just saying the word flex nibs, people are going to assume way more than they should. So they're going to they're going to bounce way more than a falcon, right? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's just going to like you're just going to write in Spencerian script, like just the nib itself. Just you're not even going to be able to control it. It's going to be like, Woo. yeah, it's just so much easier. Yeah, exactly. Mm. No, not at all. Um, no, but I tried really hard to get this. Expect these to be garbage. Yeah, in the best way possible. <laughs> uh, accurately <laughs> representing what these nibs are. But they're not like fulfilling every lifelong dream. No. I'm just say that. But no. they're pretty fun and they're pretty interesting and they're really quite they're, affordable for what they're they are. They're what steel flex nibs are just going are to be. Going to be, yeah, yep. exactly. But we've got them as spare nibs now. So if you want to throw them on certain pens, uh, they'll be on there. So super in- educational. I tried to cover as much ground as I could in this video. It was a challenge, but I did my best. So go check that out if you're interested. But we have the the nibs there too. So extra fine and fine uh, nibs. I like how we didn't even say that in the <laughs> in the what's new. Whoops, forgot that. But anyway, that is new. So we have those. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the main thing that we've got going on. That's right. All right, everybody. Want to thank you for watching. Got a fun fact coming up, but before we do that, please leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Ask us some questions so that we can keep this thing going for whatever reason that y'all are still watching this. We got to get to 100 at least. We got to do that. We got to do that. What are we going to do for 100, Drew? Live. Live show? Live Is that going to be that interesting? Yes. We're pretty much doing it live now anyway. Right, but we're going to get questions live. We're going to be there with our friends. When is this going to be back in stock? When is that going to be back in stock? No, they ask better (laughs) questions than that. We'll get plenty of that, trust me. Um, I don't know. We'll think about that. Let us know if you have any ideas for what we should do. We did. They said live. That's what everybody said? Yes. Everyone. Literally every person. Not literally everyone. (laughs) Someone mentioned the hot wings thing again. Oh, the hot wings thing. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> we could do that live. Oh, that would that could go a lot different ways. It could ways, go terribly though. wrong. Yeah, it could. Oh, you know me. I When I put my mind to eating food, I can make it happen. Oh, I have no doubt you could eat all of the wings. It's just <laughs> the suffering that, you know, I, I, have, I don't doubt your dedication and your follow through. Yeah. Like, you have more have. of that than anyone needs. Yeah. Only uh, when it's not but... important. <laughs> <laughs> Only when I choose to do it. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, we'll definitely go check out goodlaybands.com. We have a lot of things on that site that uh, you might be interested in. So go look at that. Uh, email us at pencast.goodlaybands.com. We've mentioned that 40 times already, so I'm not going to say it anymore. And I got my fun fact, which is about the cold because there were cold things happening recently. So okay. um, it was really cold across North America this past weekend with the Arctic Blast, which isn't that a Mountain Dew flavor? Should be. There's Baja Blast. There is. Arctic Arctic Blast sounds like a Mountain Dew or a Gatorade flavor. Makes me think of Blue Blast. Blue Blast. Blue is not a flavor. Oh, Blue Blast? <laughs> That's right. That's an office reference there. Um, anyway, on Saturday, February 4th, New Hampshire's Mount Washington overnight recorded a wind chill, which is how they measure the combined effect of wind 
and uh, of air and how, how the wind feels to the skin, uh, a wind chill of minus 108 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 78 degrees Celsius, uh, which appeared to be the lowest ever recorded in the United States. Uh, the air temperature at the peak reached minus 47 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 44 degrees Celsius with wind gusts near 100 miles per hour. 160 kilometers per hour. I, I don't it's like really freaking any of that. cold. Yeah, this no. is at the Mount Washington Observatory. Uh, and then I was curious, the lowest natural temperature ever recorded at ground level on Earth is... Not not including wind chill. Just normal um, It wasn't specific about this. I think this is just not, not wind chill. The okay. lowest natural temperature ever recorded um, was negative 89.2 degrees Celsius, which is a negative 128.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, this was at the then Soviet Vostok station in Antarctica on July 21st, 1983. So that's pretty freaking cold, but it got fairly close to that in New Hampshire this weekend, which is kind of ridiculous. Jeez. Like literally it was to the point where trees were exploding because the sap inside of the trees was freezing. I've heard of that happening. <laughs> That's terrifying. That's, That's really, really, really cold. No, that is, and that like is... they, they had what, uh, I forget what they called them, like chill quakes or something like that. Like the soil was freezing at such a rate that it was actually creating like, like small earthquakes in the soil because of how deep it was freezing. And it was like shifting this, <laughs> shifting the soil. Oh, I was like, that's insane. Like that's too cold. That's too cold. That's I too don't cold. like any of that. Yeah. There were parts on the mountain where you can like smell the ozone because like the Arctic blast was actually like drawing down ozone, like down into the like ground what level. What the heck? Yeah. It's like, that. have you ever seen the movie Day After Tomorrow? Once when it was new. It was a terrible movie, but it was like that where they basically had like tornadoes that were like sucking like the ozone down. Oh, geez. Like Arctic freezing, like, you know, yeah. sucking like space freezing down into that. We, we really enjoyed some disaster <laughs> movies around like early 2000s. Oh, that was definitely we? a thing in like yeah. the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. We were all in, all up into the uh, apocalypse yeah. back then. Yeah, right. yeah. Did you ever see Disaster Movie? No, I it was like the I parody. Have, I have no patience for those. That's the one movies. that that's the one that jumped the shark. It was Ugh, terrible. All those are. The Day After Tomorrow was pretty bad too. But. Yeah, no, those parody movies, the scary yeah. movies, like I, I never. Yeah, it was like it was like scary movie, but there was nothing no, good. No, I it. never. Yeah. No, no one, no one's done a good parody movie like like that since Leslie Nielsen stopped acting, in my opinion. Unless you, unless you count like you know, Talladega Nights or anything like, which is kind of like a parody. It's a parody of, movie for sure. Yeah, but it's not like like those really over the top like like not slapstick. Another, not another teen movie. Yeah, yeah, those were all like not another teen movie is pretty good. Yeah. Rachel and I watched it like six months ago. It still holds up pretty well. I would I would totally. There's parts see. of it where you're like, ooh, they wouldn't say that in a movie these days. No. Like that's not very. PC. I would love to see another Naked Gun. I even though I know it won't be as good as the original, I'd still go see it. I'm also excited to see John Hamm as Fletch. That's, that's, that's going to be good. Okay. Yeah. I'm just about that. Cool. There you go. That's all we got for you. Stay warm, folks. Thanks so much for watching, and right on.